Good morning, people. Happy Wednesday, the 18th of October. Welcome to TDA, the day after. Your favorite news platform and the home of popular culture as defined by you guys, the culture. And I'm one of your lovely hosts today, the Shade Queen, Martin Royalty. And they call me Iman, the pro-black activist, TDA producer and news analyst, Melanin Jampact. That's right. Ma'am. <laughs> you like to, you know what it is, <laughs> Maxie Johnson. Hi guys, you know what it is. Everyone. <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> I love it. I do want to say I miss Mugs. Send love oh, to yeah, my baby Mugs, man. He's Shout just out, out to Mugs. We got Mugs in it. He's living his life. best life mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But are you right? What's going on there? Going for going for some things. So yeah, big up Mugs. Go and send some love to the Killy. I guess the Killy community they really send love, do they? Do you get what I mean? Mm. Like, I feel like the like when I'm not here, because I'm not really a, I'm a collect more like, do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. People, I guess people can be soft with me. But will the Achilles actually go and let Margs know that they miss him on the show? Or is that nah, one of you guys' wise or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that why? Is that a bun up? I don't know. They'll just maybe like the video when he comes back. That's ridiculous. They should like it while he's away. Mm-hmm. That's how he knows you miss him and he can come back to good likes. So let's do that. But what country is he in? I don't even know. Oh, Turkey. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Around them regions. What's he doing? His hair? His airline? No, he's okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> what? Don't say okay. what. Like, you don't know what you just okay. did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like an eight cross down one's mind. All right. Gonna come and look like Caesar. Oh, dear. But how's everyone today, though? Yeah, we good, man. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, Can't complain. What's everyone's vibe this week in terms of like waking up? Are you springing out of bed? Are you a bit slower to get out of bed? I have two alarms, maybe three sometimes. Oh, well. I've got the first one to prep your mind. Prep my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and the second one is, okay, I should be getting up. And yeah. the third one is get up. Get up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've, I've struggled to wake up this week. Like, mm. I've really struggled. Is it like because I, it's, it's dark now when you wake up? Yeah, but that's not next. This morning, so. Basically, I wake up at 5 a.m. I spend time with God mm-hmm. to about 5.45, mm-hmm. right? When my alarm has gone off 5 a.m., I've turned it off and I'm like, okay, in a second. And I've woken up it's, and I've opened my eyes, it's 5.30. Right. So what does that mean? <laughs> Less time with Jesus. Yes. And I just think it's out, like, I just, I don't feel right about it. Mm-hmm. So this morning I actually spent, I said, okay, I can't remember because I... I can barely see, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but I said, let me spend, let me actually think about this. What is the issue? I haven't been to the gym this week either. Mm-hmm. I've chosen to stay in my bed watching Netflix show. But I'm tired. So I'm like, I'm gonna let myself rest the rest. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I was like, is it because it's getting cold? Is it because it's getting darker now mm-hmm. that I'm struggling to wake up in the morning? But I was like, yeah, so what does that mean? You're not gonna read your Bible. Until what? March, April? Mm. Go if you don't get up. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get up today. So I'm going to get up tomorrow. Oh, so you didn't get up today? No, I didn't. No, no, no. <laughs> By the time I was done with all this thinking and getting to the conclusion, it was, time, myself, it it was, was time, time to get a shower. <laughs> it was time to get a shower because I fell asleep in between my thinking. Oh my God. So yeah, so I was just like, I don't know if it's the weather, but it can't, that's not an excuse. Because mm. I think of it in the same way with gym as well. Because mm-hmm. like classes I do, usually during the summer, it's Hunger Games to get a booking. Is it but in, then, in the morning you do the classes? No, 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 um, night time. Okay, okay. No, not night time, but evenings. Yeah. But when it's like getting darker, when it starts to get cold and summer's done, hell of spaces in the class. <laughs> but then I'm just like to myself, I can't not work out 
just because it's cold outside. Yeah. I do everything. I do everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, except go out. If your birthday's in winter, I'm sorry. You would not be seen <laughs> at all. But yes, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens anyway. Oh, we've got a message to read before we get into our Black History Month okay. segment. So, <clears throat> I hope it's not a read, but okay. Hey, love the show and everything you guys are doing. This isn't a dilemma or anything, just giving you a tiny insight on my experience. I've recently started at company, which is an Israeli company, and it is so interesting to hear their perspective. They truly believe they are under attack, they are the victims here, and there is no regard for the other side. In having conversations, I've heard the world's I've heard the words barbaric, uncivilized, animals, inhumane. Someone literally described the Palestinians as animals. Now I'm not trying now I'm not trying to talk pro-Israel or pro-Palestine, especially at a new job, but my manager brought it up as how can you not? And I really had to navigate the conversation without giving my opinion. So I ended up talking about being privileged. Me, a black woman. But I just said, living in the UK, I don't have that lived experience. I'm not living in a war-torn country. I can switch off from social media, etc. And that's a privilege. That's all I could say because I've got a family to provide for. It's interesting times working for a company in the middle of a war. That is interesting, actually, because I saw a lot of tweets yesterday. Obviously, I guess we're going we're to get in the headlines. Ah, Yay, not police. That's <laughs> definitely the Queen of Bluey. It's not. It's not. It's, nah. it's a terrorist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that we could say what that is, is terrorism. Mm. But one wouldn't really say that. Do you get what I mean? This is it. So with all the conversations that was going on yesterday, I was, um, I saw a lot of people saying about stuff like, Basically saying to people that if you're not speaking out because of losing your job, mm. that's that's a crazy thing to be doing. Okay. And I think we, t- we talked about this yesterday. And I was saying how like sometimes proximity to stuff is why people don't talk about st- certain stuff. Mm-hmm. Personally, I can understand why someone wouldn't speak up about something because they're going to lose their jobs. Yeah. Because first, it's a cost of living crisis, mm-hmm. right? And this is the problem when I talk about things like... Um, when people, when people do the whole, oh, solidarity, speak up and, and get fired from this job because you're speaking up and standing up for this thing. But people don't come around and do a GoFundMe mm-hmm. to help you pay your bills mm-hmm. moving forward. Mm-hmm. Do you get me? I personally think in this economy that we're in, it will be a less than smart decision to make to just be saying stuff that you know will get you fired. Yeah. And I'm not saying don't stand up for the truth. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, knowing that, like, say, for example, your workplace looks at your social media. You know they do checks and whatever it is, yeah? yeah. There's ways that you can talk about what's going on mm-hmm. without you directly siding with a side that make that will make that will get you fired. Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand those arguments about, oh, I'm sorry, but a job is least of my worries right now, blah, blah. I'm like, that's great, but you are probably speaking from a place of privilege. You might have some savings. You might have this or whatever it is, but... I'm not going to cuss somebody who's decided not to speak out about this because they're going to get going to get fired Mm -hmm. and they've got family to cater to and Mm -hmm. we're about to enter winter where all the gas and electric bills are about to go up. Mm -hmm. Do you get me? I don't know if I'm am I crazy for that? No. No, So this girl who's written or this person sorry who's written this in Mm -hmm. oh she said a black woman this woman that's written this in I can understand that I'm not trying to get fired from my new job but at the same time I'm not going to praise you guys and be like yeah I'm pro Israel. Mm -hmm. I'm just not. I'm just going to be neutral. Neutral and I think her response is perfect about. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that experience because I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Yeah. Most I get is tr- cancelled trains. I don't know that experience. Yeah, yeah, man. I feel like the response, that, the reaction I've seen online has been a bit. It's been interesting 
Like I get it. I get that things are crazy. Like I get, I understand it. But people are judging and cussing people who aren't speaking as loud as they are. And again, it goes on to that whole social media perception thing of look of social media being a social media activist. And because other people aren't tweeting the way you're tweeting, you feel like you with your 240 characters, yeah, can then be cussing them out for it. I'll be honest with you, uh, a tweet is not gonna stop what's happening. Okay. It's really not. Okay. So it like why does it matter whether someone tweets or okay, she's tweeted, she cares. So that she doesn't cares. even mean that she cares or he cares. It might just be jumping on the thread like and a lot of tweet is not gonna stop anything. Like it really isn't. It's not. It really isn't. So yeah. But big up you, man. And I hope you're okay. Also, some people, just to be frank here, yeah, don't care. Mm. And you know what I'm saying? There you because, have it. Because it's, the, the reality is, yeah, and granted, of course, everyone's country has different struggles. And some struggles are worse than others. Mm -hmm. But when certain countries have their struggles, and none of you people All right. spoke about our country. Okay, exactly. Why the hell am I talking about this? I don't care <laughs> enough. You didn't care about my bloody citizens. It's true. Okay. Mind yourself, man. And there we have it, because everyone's country has, has stuff. Everyone's like, country When Intel is going it. on, I weren't upset with people that weren't talking about it. I, I didn't care. Because I, I knew why I felt... in people that weren't talking about it. I didn't care. Exactly. My focus was on the people that were there exactly. doing what they're dealing with. And I knew why it was that I cared that much. Do you 100%. get what I mean? And that was really the killings of people. Of course, 100%. I'm not doing, you know, um, Struggle Olympics. Of course not. Mm -hmm. But... That's just a fact. Some people just don't care because it's mm -hmm. not at their front door. Some people mm -hmm. don't care about stuff until it personally yeah. affects them. Some people will see someone in danger in public and just cross over them and just walk past. 100%. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? What was that? The the, the story of the... The good Samaritan. The good, story. The good yeah, Samaritan. Samaritan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, oh, Listen, no, there was one you. good Samaritan. One, you know. Let's be honest. There was one. So. One. And bare people were... were doctors were Listen. back. And they were like, oh. <laughs> Not today, I'm off shift. Sorry, do you get what I mean? So, what more can we expect from people? What it's more can fine. we expect? But amidst all the things going on, it is still Black History Month. Mm -hmm. I know the PR for Black History Month has been very quiet this month, <laughs> but I love that for us, TDA, that we continue to fly the flag. So mm -hmm. let's get into our segment. I'm afraid they're going to... Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. But it cancelled us over this one. <laughs> this is the last segment we have. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to be talking about the mighty nation of Brazil, right? So we're going to be talking about Brazil, obviously from the black perspective. Afro-Brazil, black Brazil, mm -hmm. right? So Brazil, for those who don't know, is the largest country in South America. Right? It's got a population of 209 million people. 54% of them being of African descent. So this is why mm. we're going to be talking about Brazil. 54. Right? 54%. I didn't know it was that high. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. It's also the largest black nation outside of Africa. Okay, we got them. Yeah, we obviously know It's the that. largest black nation. Outside of Africa. All yes. right. It's even the, the, second, yeah, the second largest in the world, right, in terms of population behind Nigeria. Okay. Yes. So this is why, again, we have to, we have to speak about Brazil. Yeah. Um, now this is this is obviously a bit of the the sad part, right? So black people, um, like I said, make up fifty four percent of the population, but they only make up eighteen percent of Congress, oh, right? Okay. Yes, yeah, less than a fifth, right? Um, Four point seven percent of them of executives in Brazil are black or black um, African descent. Four point seven percent, and unfortunately, again, this is very horrible. Trigger warning: seventy five percent of murder victims 
of African descent. Mm-hmm. 75%. Mm-hmm. And 75% of those killed by police. Oh. Yeah. So 75% of those. 75%. Yeah, of those that are killed by police in Brazil Jeez. are of black um, African descent. Um, it's just worldwide, you know. It really is. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's the only country in South America that speaks Portuguese. Yeah, so, okay. so yeah, so every other country is pretty much Spanish and all that, right? But yeah, Brazilian Portuguese, slightly different to I guess traditional Portuguese. Um, but yeah, it's richly influenced by the speech of African people, and pretty much a new distinct Afro-Brazilian vocabulary emerged. Man, that's what they speak over there. Um, in the seventeenth and eighteenth century, many um, Afro-Brazilians lived in uh, quilombos. So these are basically rural communities created by escaped African slaves. And there are at least three and well, three and a half thousand to five hundred to five thousand, pardon me, remaining in the country today. In this day and age, the word Quilombo is taken is taking on a, a wider meaning. And young black Brazilians are forming um the word urban Quilombos, right? And pretty, pretty much this is like communities of black resistance to respond to a society that's still shaped by the legacy of slavery at every level. Just that's how so they're very conscious over there. Mm. Um Brazil was the last country in the Western Hemisphere to end slavery. The oh, last the country. last yeah. country. Oh. And this was in 1888, May 13th, 1888. Okay. And this was due to international pressure and the potential of widespread insurrection. You know what I'm saying? So many, uh, many Afro-Brazilians are still victims of conditions that are analogous to slavery in the country today. And for this reason, many black scholars, activists and movements in Brazil are critical about even celebrating that day. Because people are still living, still living there, basically. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So they're like, wait a minute, why are we, what's there to celebrate here? It's a similar type of um, thing that we talk about in, in Nigeria. Yeah. What are we celebrating independence for? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you're behaving like you're still in still chains. Still You know, um, generations of Brazilians of African descent, I'm pretty sure you guys know, have preserved their cultural heritage and their religions. So if you go over there, you're going to see people practicing some form of Ifa, for example. Because right, a lot of Yoruba people were, you know, unfortunately taken there during the slave trade. So there's a belief system called Candomblé, right? And that's basically um, um, a religious belief or a way of life that is developed from sh- strong elements of Yoruba and Ewefon ritual organizations, right? Okay. Um, the language, the mythology, all of that is it's embodied in it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What typically happens though, I think this is similar to Cuba, but they've kind of mixed it with some Roman Catholic um, ideas as well. And this is because during slavery, they were trying to confuse the slave masters. Mm. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? So yes, we, we, it will look like we're praying to Mary, mm. but really we're praying to Oshun. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. And so with time, it kind of took on those that mixture. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. Yeah, so that was their way of preserving it. And that's why so many people over there um, practice um, candomblé, candomblé, for example. Um, the city of El Salvador, is the cultural and culinary epicenter of the Afro-Brazilian community. Um, in the in the state, there's a state called Bahia, right? And that that's basically like the black state in, in Brazil. Yeah. Remember when Habib came here the other day? Well, not the other day, but when he came here, um, he was talking about how he went to Brazil. He's been to Brazil mm-hmm. a few times. That's basically the state where Yoruba people are there. You go to Bahia, mm. you just find Yoruba people there. Mm. My mom did say she met a... Uh, Yoruba Brazilian. There you go. In at the airport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's talking about. Yeah, they were just they just started talking randomly, and then she was like, "Oh, this is where she's from." He's like, "Oh yeah, da 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 mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. yeah." Okay. Yeah. They be there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, all the main cultural forms of Brazil have a base in Afro-Brazilian culture. So again, you can't separate all the all the beautiful things people like about Brazil. You can't separate it from the influence of um, black people there, African people there. For example, mm-hmm. samba, which is the national music of Brazil, is a Latin duet dance with origins from Congo and Angola. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't know. People just think, oh, it's nice Spanish stuff. No, it's African. You know what I'm saying? It was the focus of um, enormous police oppression throughout the 19th century until the 1930s. This was also the case with um, capoeira, which is like a Brazilian martial art. My brother does that. Oh, see, mm. that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, it's a Brazilian martial art and dance form, which was created by Africans. Mm. It was also oh, I did that in body combat. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, I did one of the moves. Mm. Which one do you do? You do like the, 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 the handstand one? Nah, you haven't got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you basically block with one hand and then ski or something like that. Oh, that, that, that kind of dance yeah, one? Yeah, like that, okay, like that, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. It's pretty lit. Mm. Yeah, man. So that, that was created by Africans, man. It was outlawed, actually, and, and mm. prosecuted by police until the 1930s. And let people enjoy yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then after that, it became part of the national culture. Okay. So this is what they do, man. Also, African Brazilians, they never had a reconstruction period like that in the United States. Right? So after being free, black people never had many options for social mobility. Rather, they were just left to create a new life for themselves out of nothing. You know what I'm saying? So there was no land, there was no money, there was no education, none of those things that were afforded some of the black in um, America. Yeah. It just wasn't there available for, for those in um, in Brazil. Yeah. So there wasn't necessarily a law that was prohibiting blacks from voting. Most people of African ancestry were not eligible uh, to vote bef- be, um, because the 1891 constitution made literacy a requirement to vote. Mm-hmm. Similar type of thing happened, obviously, under Jim Crow. Right, um, the, the disadvantaged state left the people, or pardon me, left the country with massive amounts of inequality between whites and non-whites. Therefore, Afro-Brazilians interacted with difficulty within the white society and tended to remain in the separate worlds. But of course, you know, and we've seen it before, we've seen it in, in the world now, when you get assimilation, you get integration, mm-hmm. you start to lose that sense of um, even pride and just cultural um, familiarity. Yeah. This benefited Brazil because the, the in, in terms of the, the culture anyway, because look at all the beautiful things that we just mentioned. All of this came as a result of these particular things mm. of being shunned and having to keep to themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. Hello, the Queen of BOE. How are you today? Good morning, ma'am. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, around 60% of the Amazon rainforest is in Brazil. And uh, Brazil's controversy race was intentional yes so basically when african women arrived pardon me in brazil they became concubines wives Mm. of portuguese colonizers so white masters would often choose a black slave to work inside of the house trigger warning guys and obviously these black women that were raped by their their masters resulting in a very large mulatto population in in the country which can still be seen today this is why when you go to brazil you know a lot of them don't look like us Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying they're all mixing because of these animals over there that were doing what they were doing. But yeah, so that's 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 basically what happened. I just want to give a, a brief history so that people can kind of see the um the cultural significance, I guess, of, of Brazil and why it's one of those places that we can't forget. You know what I'm saying? And basically, um, black history in Brazil dates back to the arrival of the Portuguese col- um, colonialists in the 16th century. So from the late 1500s to the 1860s, Brazil was the largest destination for African slaves. 
A lot of people think, oh, it's Americas or Caribbean. The largest destination for slaves, African slaves, was Brazil, right? Most of our people went there. 4.9 million, estimated anyway, enslaved Brazilians were imported to Brazil. Africans came from two major groups, um, the West African people and the Bantu people. West Africans, obviously, most notably the Yoruba people, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then obviously from the Bantu people, we had um, Angola, um, we had Congo people that went there, hence um, the influences over there. Um, in 1807, uh, Britain abolished slavery and subsequently began to put pressure on other nations to follow suit, one of those being Brazil. You know what I'm saying? Um, however, in 1822, 1.5 million of the 3.5 million people in Brazil were still enslaved and the practice was still strongly supported by all segments of society, including the Catholic Church. They were benefiting from our people being enslaved. They didn't want to let it go. You know what I'm saying? In the years that followed, Great Britain ramped up efforts to outlaw the slave trade. Um, obviously, they were seizing slave ships in the Atlantic Ocean. You know, Britain was trying to do their thing. Obviously, mm. they didn't just wake up doing that. We had to make them do that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I don't want to give them all the praise. But during this time, the ideals of liberty and freedom had also spread from Haiti, which we were speaking about yesterday. Mm. So again, it's not white people that wanted to do this because they're beautiful, benevolent people. It was because we fought for it. We died for it. You know what I'm saying? It was us that basically liberated all those French colonies because of people like um, um, Toussaint Louverture and, of course, the great Jean-Jacques Dessalines. In 1888, um, Princess Isabella Brazil finally decided to abolish um, slavery. Of course, like I mentioned, the legal end of slavery in Brazil did little to change the lives of many Afro-Brazilians because, like I just said, today people are still living a life that's similar to being enslaved in Brazil, unfortunately. But big up Brazil, man. Yeah. It's a beautiful country and beautiful people. Big up Brazil. Let's get onto some of the notable foods. I know you guys have been waiting for this. my favorite segment. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what did they be eating over there? Do you know what the first thing is? This is why you especially will feel at home over there. And you as well. Put the mic a bit closer. Hold up. But yeah, sorry. It's not on. I'm going to sabotage you right from the jump. Can you imagine? Right. You know what I was going to say, but for let me not. You guys have been calm and civil so far. <laughs> yes, what were you saying? Testing, testing. Yeah. That's it. Okay. No, I was saying there was a large uh, Yoruba-speaking population there. Hundred percent. And what? No, Akara. Oh, oh yeah, okay. I people after my own heart. Yeah, I did okay. hear this actually. They love it. I love it. They that. Love oh it, yeah, it's about Brazilians. Yeah, they love it. That's really mm -hmm. lovely. For those who don't know, I think Brent's gonna put it up anyway. AKA Akara slaps. Yeah, R A. Not, I made it have a week. I'm oh. Not, mm. I'm not a fan. What? Really? Yeah, sorry. Can you get out of here? <laughs> I'm not what serious. Like I don't know. I just, I don't like it. It's Taste. Just, yeah, it's never, it's just never been my thing, to be honest. Oh, I love mm. it so much. Yeah, Akira hits. So think, much. Well, I don't like Moimoy, so it makes sense. I don't like Akira. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that makes sense. sense. One yeah, of them yeah. seemed one of them. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Akira slaps. Yeah. Yeah. You, man. So, yeah. Oh, gosh, I love it so much. But these types, I stay away from though, because I could have like twenty. Yeah. Oh, I, and I do. I plan to when I make it. I know this is where I'm at. <laughs> so I just, yeah, my dad yeah. makes it well though. Mm. He does. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Anyway, that's that's one of their main dishes over there, right? We got them, mm. man. No good things. You know what I'm saying. So again, like for those who are interested in going to Brazil, obviously you can go to what's that place called? Copacabana. You can go to the beach there and all that type of stuff. <laughs> but go to Bahia State, where the Yoruba people there, you will see the culture. You feel like you're back home. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm. You see them cooking this on the, on the side and everything, right? You know, you mm. feel like you're in Lagos market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's real, man. They really kept the culture. Um, they got something called Mokeke. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I hope I'm not pronouncing it wrong. But um, Brent, if you don't mind, M-O-Q-U-E-C-A. M-O-Q-U-E-C-A. Basically, it's like a seafood stew that's made with shrimp or fish um, as a base. And it's got like tomatoes, onions, garlic, lime, coriander. Mm. And it's often served with plantain. Looks nice. Mm-hmm. It's like a soup. Yeah, it's a seafood soup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, something about plantain and soup don't really sit right with me. Anything <laughs> with plantain sits very okay with me. Mm. Do you know I don't like soft plantain? <laughs> oh, oh, no, I don't like soft. So in yeah, soup, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, no, that's, it's getting soggy. Yeah, I'd have to, I separate soup, my food anyway. So oh, yeah, I'd have yeah, yeah. to. The same things I can't eat together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you mean. And the name comes from um, the Angola Kimbundu language. So okay. there's a version also that's made with palm oil and coconut milk. Okay. You know what I mean? Which obviously shows more of the um, African, the influence of African cuisine. They got something called um, cocada, right? It's like a coconut sweet. And this was a treat that enslaved Africans would make for themselves at night. The only time that they had to themselves. So this is what they would just enjoy amongst themselves, man. Ooh. Uh, this looks like um, something I'm sure that coconut uh, cake. I have mm. seen that before. It does look like that. Yeah. I, don't like, I don't like coconut. You don't like coconut? What is it? I don't like coconut flavoured things. I'm the same. Mm. I love coconut. Yeah. Like coconut rice. I love coconut. Mm. Like coconut the nice biscuits curry. all no, the way to. <laughs> <laughs> is that these coconut chips that they have in Nigeria? And I was oh, thinking yeah, about it the other day. It's about the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, I could do with some. All right, bro. You right? <laughs> <laughs> He's really I've eaten it in, time, in his man. bag. And it's pure sugar. <laughs> um, what's the next thing I wanted to mention? And they got something again. I may butcher this, man. Bobo de Camaro. Yeah, Bobo really, de Camaro. He's really trying. You're five trying. Five with yeah, that. He's yeah. rolling yeah. the tongue. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Them arms are rolling off. How do you feel that? Um, B O B O, um, space D E, yeah. and then another one is C A M A R A O. Yeah. Um, and basically, this is like a shrimp and cassava based stew. Mm. Nice colors, they love, man. They love soups, like, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And that prawns in the, in the corner there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's some of the, the notable dishes, man. This is what makes me hungry. It's Obviously, they, I think they, they got loads yeah. of different stuff over there that's got like pork and stuff, mm. but we don't endorse that, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. You wouldn't even eat this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. Big up, big up the Brazilians every time, man. Some no- big up the pork. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, some notable people. So, Paolo Lins, again, he was the one who wrote um, City of God. Okay. Remember that, that, that classic film? Mm-hmm. Alfred Enoch, he starred in Harry Potter. I, I find that name so funny. Enoch. Enoch. Yeah. It's such a it's funny name. Weird, like, <laughs> what makes you look at your baby and say, I'm going to call you Enoch? Enoch. <laughs> the hell? He's an actor. He started in Harry Potter. I'm trying to think of it. How to Get Away Murder. Yes. Oh, I know, oh, right? What, the, mix, the mixed yeah. one. Not Wes. Wes. You know he's British. Oh, I didn't know Wes. that. Yes. Yeah. And he's from here as well. Yeah, he's British. He's a British guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. His mum's Brazilian, I think. Mm. I think his mum's Brazilian. Oh, I like his Enoch. It bless his heart. He's so sweet. It just sounds like a dirty joke. <laughs> oh, yeah, gosh, it, it does. Did, yeah. yeah. Next. Apparently, Dion Warwick. 
He's, he's got some um, ancestry that goes back to Brazil. Oh, is yeah, it? Singer, yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm surprised as well. Whitney's auntie? Or is he godmother? That's where they're Whitney Houston? How old are Whitney Houston? Yeah, that's where they're related. Oh, hi. She does have a little Whitney in her. <laughs> Whitney has a bit of her in her. Um, of course, the legendary footballers, Ronaldo, mm-hmm. Pele, Ronaldinho. Of course, I didn't you know what I'm saying. Oh, you did Well, yeah, not white Ronaldo. Not white Ronaldo. Oh. The original real Ronaldo. Let me not say real, that's bad. But the original The original Can I get a picture, please? Yeah. I don't the bold one. Yeah. The bold one? Yeah, yeah, definitely know who we're talking about. Legend. You do. When you see him, you'll, you'll know. I hope I don't. I hope I do. I'm just going to type in R9, yeah? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That was great. <laughs> 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 like, mm, no? I, he, I have seen him around a bit. Around? <laughs> she said around. No, I, it's all about the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, okay. We got him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a singer called Ludmilla. Ludmilla. Singer. Like yeah. a Brazilian singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big up her. Um, the first black Brazilian novelist um, by the name of Marina Femina do Reis. And she, she published um, the first abolitionist novel, which okay. was called Ursula in 1859. It's a bigger rap. Um, Joel Rufino dos Santos. He was a historian, writer, and a human rights activist. Also, Paulo Freire. He wrote uh, The Pedagogy of the Oppressed. It's like a book that really talks about the... Um, the curriculum, basically, mm-hmm. and how um, it's kind of skewed in such a way where it's just not going to benefit us, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And how everything kind of needs to be revamped and changed. So, one of the, he's a Pan Africanist as well. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it, man. I'm pretty sure there's loads of other Brazilian yeah, people out there as well. But, oh. but yeah. Oh, we've got a Brazilian listener. We do. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, yes. Someone yes. in the comments said it was their home country. Yes, let me see if it's the same person I'm talking about. Because we talked about foods before and like the the um, the comparison or mm-hmm. similarity, sorry, with Nigerian culture, Yoruba culture, and Brazil. Mm-hmm. And she actually sent me a Brazil. Star Crow? No, Star-crow. I don't know. No, Star Crow is Nigerian. He said Brazil, my original country. Is it? Yeah, but he just. Oh, so he, he 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 Yoruba Brazilian. Star talks a lot. But no, the person I'm talking about is someone, is someone different. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I've chatted to her a few times, I think. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we talked and she was about sending me about like, because I, I, I was saying there was something I wanted to try one time and she told me like someone who makes it, da, da, da. so big up you babes, if you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Okay, love that for Brazil. Big up Brazil. Well, we've got a lot to cover today. We do. In a good amount of time. So, <laughs> <laughs> let's get to our first headlines. Yeah, let me just read the, this poll, the results of the poll. Oh, what's the poll? Um... If one claims they're religious, should they care about the struggle of others? 75% said yes, compassion and empathy, empathy first. Mm-hmm. And 25% said it's nuanced. Mm. Yep. What made you go with that verse? Like, what made you ask that question? Um, I think it was based, based on what you were saying at the beginning. Okay. I think they assumed that you were saying that you shouldn't have any empathy for others. Uh, no, I was just saying you shouldn't care what other people tweet. The other, what tweets won't make a difference to the situation. Yeah, I yeah, think you know what yeah. Got mis- yeah, misunderstood what you guys No, yeah, but I misunderstood every day, so I didn't even bat an eyelid. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into headlines. Thank you for that. <laughs> I think it was off the back of what Emmanuel said. Okay. Um, yeah, I know you bring yeah, it to me. He's very violent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's going to walk that back. <laughs> yeah, I was in the car, I was like, oh. 
All right. So, our first headline. And it's going to be linked to our topic of the day, man. And this is unfortunate news. So basically, um, hundreds are set, trigger warning, hundreds are said to have died in an explosion at a hospital in Gaza City, with Palestinian authorities blaming an Israeli airstrike. The Anglican Al-Alhi um, Baptist Church in Gaza Strip was rocked by an explosion on Tuesday with a spokesperson for the health ministry in Gaza saying that at least 500 people had been killed. However, the Israeli military has hit back at the claims and said that its intelligence shows that the that the Palestinian Islamic Jihad group is responsible, Hamas, after a rocket that was intended for Israel passed near the hospital. So they're saying it's, it's not them. The Palestinian the president... Roots to get to Israel. Okay. <laughs> the Palestinian president, Mahmoud um, Abbas, has declared three days of mourning whilst protests and demonstrations have already begun in the West Bank. Photos from the hospital show fire engulfing the hospital halls with bodies scattered throughout. If confirmed, the attack would be by far the deadliest Israeli airstrike in in the five wars fought since 2008, right? Meanwhile, the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, told reporters that the strike was horrific and absolutely unacceptable, while Egypt has denounced it in the strongest terms. Next headline, and Fadze Madzingira, um, her, well, this person's private account posted messages after the Hamas attack on Israel on the 7th of October. So the Guy Fawkes, I think it's Guy Fawkes anyway, or Guido Fawkes website posted screen grabs of what appeared to be posts from her account. One described Israel as an apartheid state. Ofcom confirmed the suspension um, pending further investigation. Bas long, sorry, I should have said this the other way around. So basically Ofcom's online safety director is this person. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So and she's been suspended over anti-Israel posts. So in another post, so Ofcom um, now to act when people complain about stuff. That's interesting. The irony. <laughs> mm -hmm. So in another post posted by Guido Fawkes, um, again this is the website. Uh, this lady uh, appeared to like a post calling Israel and the UK a vile colonial alliance. In a post published on Instagram stories, she describes herself as a, as a Zimbabwean, as a black feminist, a student of the the colonization and a deep believer of liberty for all saying that she has one hope before posting a palestinian flag emoji of comes called a practice says that comments including social media posts which might have an adverse effect on Ofcom's reputation and comments on Ofcom policy should be avoided and for those who don't know she was appointed by Ofcom in june joining from the u.s cloud-based software company yeah, salesforce yeah and the last headline, um, U.S. President Joe Biden is due to arrive in Israel later on today to express his solidarity and to discuss war plans with his leaders. But his visit has been hugely complicated by a blast at the hospital in Gaza that we just spoke about, which is, which is fair to have killed hundreds of Palestinians. The president sent his deepest condolences to the victims. Uh, a visit to Jordan to meet Arab leaders was cancelled because of this. Um, and yeah, Biden's visit to Israel is a high-stakes gamble. That's what people are saying. Mr. Biden will meet the Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu in a very small, restricted bilateral meeting, as well as the Israeli War Cabinet, the U.S. National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby. What is what he said? Pardon me. Um, the president will also meet first responders to the attack by the Hamas um, Palestinian militant group on the Israel, uh, which left 1,300 Israelis dead on the 7th of October. I.e., the very thing that started this thing. And Israel has asked the U.S. for 10 billion dollars in emergency military aid. So, yeah. So the total number of deaths in Israel is 1,300. Is that um, the only bombing they've experienced since? No, I think, I think it's been back and forth, you know, since then. But that was the, the initial one. 
I think that was a uh, yeah, one thousand three hundred mm, from Hamas, the billion. initial one. Hmm? And they need ten billion. Yeah, yeah, and emergency aid. I think I think for that plus going forward. Mm. Yeah, but this is again, this is according to CBS News. Um, but they're quoting what it calls sources that are familiar with the request. So they're saying these are reliable sources, man. Mm, yeah, that's the situation. Right, that's well, it for deadlines. Let's get into our what you're saying topic of the day. All right. So today's topic of the day, right? Um, like I said, probably like last week when this whole thing started, we're going to end up talking about this a few times. Mm. But I don't want to talk about it too long today because we've got an amazing guest coming on, right? Do you? And, but obviously, this is a big situation that just ha- occurred, right? Mm. Hospitals been bombed. Children died. You know what I'm saying? Horrible scenes. Horrible scenes, right? Um, but the question I want to ask is, when it comes to war, though, do you guys believe in an eye for an eye? Or do you feel like there should be some limitations? Sorry, run that back. <laughs> when it comes to war, do you feel like it should be an eye for an eye? You guys did this to me, so I, within my rights to do this to you. Or do you feel like, you know what, there should be some rules here? We know there are rules, obviously, that war crimes and things of that nature, but do you feel like that makes sense? Would you abide by those if you were the leader? I think war should just be, let's meet in the field and have it out there. Like, why are we killing the children? And all? I, I get oh, it. Oh, I saw the saddest I video I get it, yesterday. but let's go to a field or a forest and let's it have it out there. Like, like why yeah. are we... Do you know, I saw this video I, yesterday, yeah, that broke my heart. It was these babies and they were having a panic attack. Mm. The babies were having a panic like, attack. Like, literally, like, they were like... You, you know how a panic attack is with an adult? But it was that baby version. It was so sad. Wow. But I, I agree with that. Mm. I feel like find a land somewhere. Yeah. Because you know when you see like old, well, film and stuff like that, yeah? Where it's like one side here, one yeah, side like here. Yeah, like that's, in, that's how they it. used to do it. That's how David and them were doing it. Because I think it's our, it, it, that's, that's what makes it our void. And I think with the whole Israel and Palestine thing, it's so, it's so interesting seeing everything unfold in real time. Do you get what I mean? Mm. In that when it was, so let's, Russia and Ukraine last year, right? Obviously when all of that happened, all the governments are like, oh, we're going to go and help Ukraine because they're the ones who are being attacked more. And they're essentially, they're the ones, they need help kind of thing, right? But this one, from what it looks like, it looks like it's like excessive force coming from Israel to Palestine. Mm. But then all the governments are still like, oh, yeah, we're standing with Israel. But then it's funny it's because now one by one, all these leaders are kind of backtracking on their statements and saying, oh, no, you know, they're, they're, they're backtracking. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, this, sorry, is this it's really going to be the, <laughs> <laughs> is this the feature of the show? It's really just... It's <laughs> <laughs> a <about> tragedy. <laughs> this is confetti. <laughs> sorry, guys, for, the, for those who are listening to Spotify. Yeah, it's automatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's something on the screen that comes out whenever we use certain hand gestures. Yeah, um, yeah. Go check it out on YouTube and why you're there, might as well like the video. Like the Thank video, you subscribe. Much. But you get me so it's, it's it's interesting seeing them kind of backtracking mm-hmm. on that, like, and the way because this is what we said when we initially talked about it, how with Palestine, like, Palestine became a synonym for Hamas. Mm-hmm. It, be, like, it the way they talked about Palestine was as if like everybody there is part of the terrorist group, yeah. and it wasn't really a thing of Israel's going to try and uh, Israel's going to attack the terrorist group. It became a thing of 
they're just attacking Palestine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're going to say the whole thing about, yeah, the terrorists sprinkled amongst the citizens and whatnot. Mm. And it's wild. It's wild that you're like, it's wild that people are, in, are, in, are taking shelter in hospitals, hospitals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you're killing all of them. Like, how big is this terrorist group? But, but this is the thing, though. Israel would argue Hamas is hiding amongst the civilians. Yeah. Mm. That's the way they protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Israel would also argue they need to respond. You can't randomly... Of course, from their perspective, it's random, right? But the it's not factually, though, is it? But it's been going on since 1948, right? Exactly. Prior to that, even. But yeah. on this random day, at least, people are minding their business, and you people came from the sky paragliding shooting people. You came to certain festivals just killing people mercilessly. Sorry, yeah. but Should that... they not respond? And if they are going to respond, what's that response going to look like? Yeah. Um, that festival, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, the land in which it was doing on, wasn't it, they were pushed off from that land anyway? Pushed off from what do you mean? The f- where the festival was held. Mm. Wasn't it like part of the Gaza, sh- like it, they've just been pushed back basically. So they were previously on there. I don't know. Okay. I, I thought that was... Do you mean back in the day or do you mean that day? They were, they no, were... not that day, as in as in, in recent... Oh, with time. They, with time, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, again, to be fair, Israel's been um, illegally building settlements mm. on Palestinian land, mm. even after these um, negotiations broke down and stuff. So that's illegal. Like, that's not even something that we need to contest. But still, they were there. And people knew they were there having fun. And they went there and slaughtered civilians. So if Israel has to respond which I'm pretty sure everyone will say they have a right to respond, right? Well, if you don't, then you don't say it, right? But if Hamas is hiding among civilians, what do you expect Israel to do? Yeah. Because they can't just chill. They, that's, to me, it sounds like a war tactic. I'm going to do everything to your, to your kids, to your, to your wives and to your husbands. Yeah. Then I'm going to hide amongst my civilians. And if you attack me, I'm going to say you know, are guilty of war crimes. Is that really fair? So, like, Israel has to no, respond. Yeah. So, what does it look like? What Do you we... feel like their their mm-hmm. their retaliations has been excessive though? Because I... what I'm seeing, like, I'm seeing is like I'm seeing Israel talking about we're gonna stop the water, yeah. we're gonna stop the internet, we're gonna stop food, we're gonna stop all these things they that helps mm-hmm. a lively, and they did it. They did, they did it. do it right. Then they said we turn the waters on, but you didn't fully turn the water on because. They need electricity to be able to pump the water and blah, 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 blah. Do you get me? So I'm seeing, I'm see what I'm seeing is a stronger nation really using their strength to antagonize a whole nation for a terrorist group. And what is the number of this terrorist group? Are, are they massive? Like, is a terror, mm. Are they massive, a massive terrorist group? I wouldn't say they're massive, massive. I don't think they have what it takes to take on the Israeli government at all. Yeah, but, but then is it worth killing thousands of people, babies and all, mm. for a group. But it's still, they still represent, they, put it this way, as much as they're considered a terrorist group or whatever, or militants, if you wouldn't say they're just militants, right? They still were voted in by the Palestinians. So they mm. represent the Palestinian government, yeah. right? Or they are the Palestinian government, effectively, right? So they are making decisions. On behalf of the Palestinian the, people. Yes. Granted, the Palestinians may not want them to represent them, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, regular civilians are going to die because of their yeah. actions, right? Yeah. But there's still those who are representing them and are fighting for Palestinian land. So, what's what's Israel to do? But what's the, okay? Well, what's the story about then? 
them one them evacuating or telling them to evacuate okay and then attacking them whilst they're evacuating yeah so that, is that that's, because you think Hamas is in, in the midst as well you're always going to think Hamas is there so really and truly you're just going to wipe the people out yeah but but this is why they said we're going to give you which is crazy they said they're going to give you 24 hours right but it didn't though did they they extended it they they have extended it right but did they bomb them up or something at the, at, when they were making the exit though I'm not, I'm not too sure I've read something about that Mm. I've read something because there was a whole opera about you told them to go this, mm. take this route and go this way. Yeah. Then you bombed the yeah, route that they're taking. You attacked them. Yeah, they did attack them. Actually, I think that was one of the things we read out yesterday, actually. Do you get yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, is that, so you're, you're always going to think Hamas is in, in the midst, right? The people that are attacking, the attackers, mm. let's say attackers, yeah. are in the midst. So really and truly then, just admit that what you want to do is just clear, every, you want to just do a, a, what's, a purge. Mm -hmm. mm. Just that's say exactly, that then. That's, that's exactly what you're, that's what you're doing. Mm. You can't, you're restricting their water, you're restricting their livelihood, you're restricting all these things, right? Mm -hmm. That will help them survive and live and whatever. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then you're telling them, all right, then we'll give you 24 hours yeah. to, to leave the region. Yeah. Whilst they're leaving the region, you attack them. Mm -hmm. You're always going to attack them then because you're always going to, you're not going to give them a chance to escape. So that's what makes it look heavy handed. 100%. I, I definitely think that certain things is not in proportion. But again, we've said many times in regular life now, when, when certain people, if someone wrongs you, Sometimes you react in a particular way. Like Israel, again, I'm not supporting the Israel movement, but yeah. obviously I'm just trying to present their argument, right? They will see it as we've been persecuted for decades and decades and decades. Mm -hmm. We've tried to sit down to have certain peace talks and all this type of stuff. And randomly, you guys want to come and slaughter people who are just enjoying themselves. We have to respond. Yeah, but well, you mm. have to respond, but don't, don't tell people, don't tell civilians to escape mm -hmm. and then attack them while doing that. That's a different level now. I think, I, I, yeah, 100%. But I think they would say, well, we gave 24 hours. Yes, we extended it a bit. But it's been, it's been a while since the weekend. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what yeah. they would say. I think for me, I, everyone's basing it on the random... I thought, obviously, yeah. a lot of um, attention had been put on to the, I guess, this, the what happened at the festival. Mm -hmm. And to me, I guess, for me, I don't see it that way. Yeah. Like, I'm seeing it... I'm not... I'm not picking it from that point. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm picking it from before that. Mm -hmm. And so before that, mm -hmm. many lives have been lost prior to that. 100%. Right? So for this to be the thing that is now being the focus, I think is, I think is quite unfair. Mm -hmm. I hear you. Because prior to this, has, have not Israel not been killing the Palestinians so, prior to this? 250 people just so this year alone? I feel like... And I'm I'm finding it very hard to just yeah yeah to to just be like okay I'm focused on I'm, mm. and I'm not saying what they did was right but yeah. for me again I cannot ignore what the, 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 the yeah. beginning yeah. I cannot ignore that like I can't that can't this can't be my entry point into yeah. this whole thing mm -hmm. I know that's some people's entry point but that's it's not my entry point into this yeah. whole situation saga mm -hmm. so it, again in obviously I no I don't want there shouldn't be no war anyway mm -hmm. but I think at the point in which when you press someone so much mm -hmm. and you keep on pressing someone and there's not an outlet, mm -hmm. there's no way out, they don't see any way out, mm -hmm. at some point, would you, the dam is going to break. Mm -hmm. But Israel will say the same thing. Because Israel will say, we've tried to sit down over, like, for decades. We've tried to they've sit tried down. They've tried to sit down, but they've still, they've still, like, Palestinians have been because the, further the, and further and further. Yeah, that, because they and they gained more and more and more. So yeah, but but this because they believe the other side is unreasonable and the other side is not sitting down and trying to 
sit, you know what I'm saying? Like, agree to something. When you say they've sat down, what, so what has been, what have they put forth to, what has been the, when they come to, say, come to what table, was, like, what's, what's, what's been presented? Yeah. I think, I think what's been presented? <laughs> has it been presented, get the F out? <laughs> no. Or, a two-state solution. You know what I'm saying? That didn't work. Then I had the Oslo Accords and I think that was meant to be a temporary situation but there would be like almost like three different regions. So a region that um, Gaza, Palestinians control themselves, Israel controls themselves and some type of blended mix in the middle. Okay. That was there, I guess, in effect for some years but again, that, that broke down. Like every single attempt, something's broken down. And so how Israel would how say, we've tried. Someone just flies rockets or someone does this or something. You know what I'm saying? There's always something. So, unless, unless, because like, how, how do you sort this situation out? It's, it's, as far as I'm concerned, Israel's not leaving, right? They're not going to go. Mm. So, is this going to be a two-state solution situation? And if that's the case, draw the lines, sort it out now. Otherwise, Palestinians are going to die. Yeah. Because they're backed by the US, they're backed by the UK. Israel will continue winning. They will continue slaughtering people. It's sad, but this is what's going to happen. I just think, unfortunately, there's always going to be casualties in war. Yes, I just. As but much when as Israel says that, you won't like you won't like it, because again, in this particular war, yes, you don't want to start from last weekend, but people will mind their business, listening to music and dancing, mm. and out of nowhere, hundreds, thousands were killed. Mm -hmm. Israel ain't going to just accept yeah, not, that from Hamas. They're not. No chance. Sorry, just morning, caller. Oh, sorry. Oh, morning, Good morning, caller. <laughs> oh, no, it's me letting you look cook, bro. You look cook. What's going on? You right? Yeah, yeah bless. It's Ed still. What's good? Yes, Ed. Ed, you right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good still. I just, I was hearing some, I was hearing some of the stuff you're saying, man. And I know you, I know you sort of just semi-covered it just this time when you said, like, it, it's not just about, it didn't just start Saturday or last Saturday, mm -hmm. but, at the same time, you are sort of then the way you're talking about it does make you are making it sound like it's just one eye for an eye thing, and it isn't it isn't a, an eye for an eye thing. Like we, like we know we know factually that you know this war or whatever you want to call it, this conflict, how they try to, to disguise it as has been going on for several odd years. And mm -hmm. um, the thing is, bro, like how can we pretend that that um what's it called that Israel ain't been, you know, doing, maybe not in the exact same way, but I've been doing the exact same thing as, you know, what Hamas did on last Saturday in terms of a bunch of innocent civilians are going about their business and are blown up or murdered or whatever. Like, the point is, you know, like, you can't, you can't go, all right, well, we're going to ignore the fact that that's happened to them on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis for however many years, you know, and then go, all right, well, the one time it happened on a mass scale from Hamas is now like, oh my God, well, you know, I see Israel's point now. It's like, well, bro, like, what the fuck is that? That's not, sorry, my, my language. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, yo, what is that, bro? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, mm. yo, like, I'm in, at the end of the day, I'm not sitting there saying I back, obviously, what Hamas is doing, but the whole thing is, you can't, you know, I think I said to you last time, it was like, yo, like, you can't be sitting there using, using freaking M16s and now, man, and thinking, oh, they're just going to keep using their fists on me. It's like, no, like, eventually they're going to go, all right, well, done, we'll get the M16s as well. Yeah, you're right. you, know what I'm, you know what I'm saying so at the end of the day there's been too many innocent civilians killed on both sides mm -hmm. under the under the guise of religion and under the guise of you know politics and blah 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 it's just bro it's mm -hmm. it's all it's all it's so mush up you know what I mean at the end of the day like 
then that literally I'm seeing interviews of people within the Israeli government, people within the Israeli army being like, there is no difference between Hamas and Palestine, bro. They're like, yo, like, yeah. they all got a like, like, These are people in actively working against that. Like, there's no, there's, it's, not like, it's not like Israel are coming up being like, no, no, we just want to, you know, like, well, yeah, obviously the, the big story on the, on the main scale is like, yeah, yeah we just want to go after Hamas, but, but, but you, you dive in a little bit below the surface, they're just like, bro, like, Hamas and Palestine are the same, bro. Like, they'll, they'll dead them all. Like, they're happy to dead them all if it means Hamas is gone. And yeah. that means they can take over all that land. Like, yeah. it's like, yo, like, Whereas Hamas will sit there and go, hey, what we did was because of everything you've done and and we're only going after these people and we're only holding these people hostages because of that. You know, and it's a thing of, you know, yeah, like they're not trying to, Hamas isn't going to hell, we're trying to ethnically cleanse and destroy the whole of Israel. It's like, oh, like, we just want what's ours and, and you tell you to stay away from what's ours and that's it. All right, so Eddie, what, what's you your know, like you said, yeah, yeah like there's, there's been casualties on both sides. Yeah. It's, it's been going on for like yeah. 70 plus years, yeah. But let's just say, let's just pick today and just say, you know what, yeah. how do we move forward? What would you suggest? <laughs> problem, problem is you've got two sides who are, their egos ain't going to let that let that run, innit? Like, Netanyahu's a dictator and he's not going to let nobody put him into... He's, he's made that his his that like, that's literally what he runs off every time he uh, goes for elections that he's trying to get rid of you know he's yeah. trying to get rid of the Gazans. But you know, like, so yeah. he there's not really a thing for him to come true on that. Go on. Let, let's just say like you know what let's let's rewind two weeks ago. Let's just rewind two weeks. So um, yeah, yeah. the thing that happened didn't happen. How would you say yeah. they should go forward? And then as you as you're thinking about that. Inject now one particular side comes yeah. and then starts slaughtering people. What do you expect the other side to do? No, from no, if you if you just look at from that surface level, yeah, I hear what you're saying in terms of we're talking about peace and then one side decides to to go mad on us. It's like yeah, I hear it. Mm-hmm. Like I hear what I hear what you're saying that, that that logic, but at the same time, this is this is the kind of conflict where you can't just look at it from yeah. that small that small you know mm-hmm. uh, chasm of, of of information. You have to look at, at the whole big picture. Because you can sit there and go, how many times have Palestine and Israel been in talks and Israel has popped off in the, in the midst of talks or a few weeks after the talks and, uh, and vice versa. So, so it's not like, okay, well, it's only one side who's coming for peace, you know. It's like, at the end of the day, you need, you need Israel and all their allies and all of Palestine and their, and their handful of allies to all sort of go, all right, well, we need to, we need to all come together and create this, create the situation where there can be peace. But again, I don't, I can't see that happening just because the people who are in charge of said countries, mm. you know, that they're not going to let that run. You know, at the end of the day, you 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 make if you make Israel look in any way weak in the Middle East, that that hurts America, and America ain't going to have that. Yep. You know that's you know what I mean that, you know that's never going to run. Mm-hmm. You, if you continue to if you continue to allow Palestine to go down the way it's going down, the the, the Algerians, the Syrians, etc., they ain't going to be you know around all that. They ain't having that because it's like yo that. You know, they're looking at it from a standpoint of uh, if they're bullying one, they'll try and bully us all. Mm. Like, you know, it's like, no. So, you know, it's never going to, you know what I mean? That's the problem because there's too many, there's too many pieces in this puzzle. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To, to, to get it all complete, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And I definitely hear what you're saying, man. It's crazy. It just seems like a hopeless situation, yeah, man. man. But yeah, thank, thank you very much for calling for real, ahead, for real, man. For real. Appreciate it. Thanks, right. thanks, 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 yeah, <laughs> I don't know where this mm. where this is gonna go. To be honest with you, I'm seeing that. But mm. people, there's a doctor in Israel that said basically that 
before the bomb hit yesterday, mm-hmm. Israel told them that we warned you already with two bombs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So what did you think was going to happen? Mm. And I'm also seeing that when they actually initially hit, they did take credit for it. And then when videos and pictures and stuff started coming out in the media, they were like, actually, no, the Palestinians did that to, to, them, to each other or to themselves kind of thing. Mm. I don't believe them, man, because they have every reason to say it wasn't them. Because when, because you know, when it's like when you're hearing reports about stuff, mm-hmm. it hits differently to when you actually see visuals. So when we're seeing visuals and we're seeing videos of the remains of the hospital and all that kind of stuff now, and they've got the West behind them, mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's a reason why. Because I said anyway initially, there's a reason why all these countries, all the Western countries, were no, we stand with Israel. I was like that. You guys have got something to gain from it, right? Mm. Now that it's gone more and more, we keep seeing more videos. We keep seeing all these other things, mm-hmm. and now they're slowly and slowly retracting the statements and whatnot. There's also a reason for that. Mm. Israel, wilding man. But to be fair to them, though, um, to Israel, yeah, mm. this sort of thing did happen a few years back, where um, they got accused of bombing some particular place, and they actually got the evidence and yeah. showed that it was one of Hamas's own rockets. Right. Yeah, but this one, they said themselves that they did it. Then, Ooh, Israel? Yes, apparently so. This is, what I'm, this is what I'm reading. Not this hospital? No, I'm, this hospital, yes. This is what I'm reading. Mm. That they said it was them. Okay. And then they came back and retracted the statement saying, no, it wasn't It wasn't. Oh, them. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's mad, man. It's mad. Anyway, like I said, guys, we won't spend too much on this. So I think we can move on from there. That's right. Let's get into our next headlines. <laughs> All right, so our next headlines take us to Scotland, where the First Minister, Hamza Youssef, has announced that council tax rates are to be frozen across Scotland. The SNP leader made an announcement during his closing speech at his party's conference in Aberdeen. The Scottish government had previously proposed raising council tax rates by as much as 22.5% for homes in higher bands. But Mr Youssef has pledged that they will remain at the current levels when councils set their budgets for 2024 to 2025. He described the proposed freeze as evidence of the SNP delivering for people when they need it most. So Yusuf did not set out his government, or pardon me, how the government would make up the budgetary shortfall for councils who would have raised uh, the taxes. The levy generates about 13% of local government funding, right? With most of their cash coming from um, Holyrood funding, right? Council tax had either been um, either frozen or capped at 3% since since the SNP came to power in 2007 with the Scottish government providing local authorities with extra money or extra funding in return. But councils have been followed, pardon me, allowed to use new powers to set their own rates for the past two years, with most areas seeing rises of between 4% and 7% this year, although residents of Orkney say their bills increased by 10%. Mr Yousaf said um, that his government will spend an additional £300 million on tackling NHS waiting lists in the next three years and raise arts and culture funding a hundred million pounds over the next five years. Next headline takes us to Congo, man. I think we, we spoke briefly about this. So basically, despite the protests demanding for his release, the Congolese journalist Stanis Bujakera um, remains in prison. So the court has once again rejected a request for his release from detention and provisional liberty, fearing that he might go on the run. Stanis Bujakera, who works for Reuters and joined Afrique magazine, was detained on September the 8th and transferred to a prison less than a week later on suspicion of spreading false information. His arrest followed a June uh, Afrique article published in late August which suggested that the Congolese military intelligence had killed opposition politician Cherubin Okende this month, well, the month before. The article, which was unsigned, 
was based on an alleged confidential memo from a separate intelligence agency, and Congolese authorities have said that the memo was fake. Obviously, he's brought it out and everyone's upset about it. His trial began on Friday inside the Makala prison in the Democratic Republic of Congo's capital. Um, this is according to AFP reporters. Um, the 33-year-old lawyer successfully petitioned the court on Friday to delay the proceedings by one week in order to better prepare for the case. And the next headline takes us to Zimbabwe, where unfortunately, according to Zimbabwe's Teachers Association, Zimbabwe faces a significant teacher exodus with around 300 educators leaving the country each month. Each month. The primary cause of this departure is the comparatively low wages in Zimbabwe compared to other Southern African nations. While salary increases are challenging due to economic constraints, the country must find ways to retain and attract, obviously, their teaching talent. The average teacher in Zimbabwe earns a maximum of $350 a month, leading, oh. to, a loss, yeah, leading to a loss of qualified educators vital for mentoring the nation's learners, and budget constraints hinder the employment of additional teachers needed to support the country's students. For decades, Zimbabwe's education system was respected as one of the best on the continent, you know? Wow. Yeah, and that was one of the few ac accomplishments of the former president, Robert Mugabe. Mm. And that's it for deadlines. Time to pay the bills. Thank you. Let's get into Word on Road. Okay, so I'm going to talk about my girl, Brittany. You guys, I'm standing I'm standing for Brittany, man. I'm <laughs> Let Brittany live, okay? So she just wants to have a good time. Sorry. If I've been in bondage for 14 years, I'm going to do everything I want to do. But she's got a memoir coming out. Um, it's called The Woman in Me, and it's out on the 24th of October. You going to buy it? No. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't doing that question, you know. But no, I'm here. I'm here to let Britney dance in her little pants and bikini. I can't. You're you're one of the tweeters. You're a tweeter. That's not genuine. <laughs> I'm I'm just doing free promo for her book. This is my part. I'm playing my part. Okay, bring up Britney. But basically, she's got a memoir, and um, there's been bits of it. You know how they start to do the, the PR promo thing. Maybe this will stop the Jada talk that you guys. Uh, are. Please. <laughs> Police. <laughs> well, basically, um, just so funny, I posted that yesterday and I said I didn't want to talk about it in my DMs because I thought the title was so what? funny. The title, Brent basically called the title Jada's Victim. <laughs> 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 oh, and there's a clip circulating of you on our page as well. Oh, is it? Yeah, Brent is actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do not say it. You're a scoundrel. Yeah. So I must say, I found the title funny. So I posted my on my story and I was like, I said what I said. I don't want to talk about it. I was like, don't come my DMs. I don't want to do debates. This is not what I'm here. I'm not here to do debate team about this. Oh, my What's in my DMs? Of course there is. Why do you think that? Of course there is. I'm airing it. I'm airing it because I, I said don't know why you thought they was gonna. Read I think that. what I might do, I'm gonna send a timestamp. <laughs> That's been my response. Whatever you think, if you want to know what I think about the situation, go and check out the episode because please, I cannot do this again. It's a new day. I'm talking about Britney oh, today. Okay. Gosh. Right. So, um, so she basically in her memoir she talks about how she addresses why the time she shaved her, shaved her hair off, mm. and she basically said, I'm gonna read out direct quotes from the book. So she basically said that um, at the time she said I'd been eyeballed so much growing up. I'd been looked up and down, had people telling me what they thought of my body since I was a teenager. Shaving my head and acting out were my ways of pushing back. Um, but then, obviously, after that was when she then started a conservatorship with her dad. Well, she didn't start it. He forced it upon her in 2008. 
Then she said, under the conservatorship, I was made to understand that those days were, were now over. I had to grow my hair out and get back into shape. I had to go to bed early and take whatever medication they told me to take. Um, she said, I would do little bits of creative stuff here and there, but my heart wasn't in it anymore. As far as my passion for singing and dancing, it was almost a joke at that point. 13 years went by with me feeling like a shadow of myself. I think back now on my father and his associates having control over my body and my money for that long, and it makes me feel sick. Think of how many male artists gambled all their money away, how many had substance abuse or mental health issues. No one tried to take away their control over their bodies and money. I didn't deserve what my family did to me. I don't know how she could, like... I don't know how she could forgive her dad, you know? That's too deep. That's but actually too deep. Like, like he was doing it for her own good, though? No, he wasn't. Because no. he was no? stealing from her. And was he was it? drugging her. All the yeah. performances that she was doing, she was doing that on like on drugs. Oh, wow. And it's funny because that was around the time of like the piece of me thing. So, like, and she had a Vegas residency. Mm. She was working nonstop on drugs. They were drugging her for some, for stuff she didn't have. Just to kind of keep her... They kind of sedated her, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep her in line. He didn't do that because he cared about her or loved yeah. her. He really didn't. Because what he would have done was taking care of her to get to a point where she can then be independent independent again. Mm-hmm. But he never wanted to um, mm-hmm. give her control. They had to literally go to court and over so many years for him to give up that control. Crazy. So he, no, he definitely wasn't doing it for, for her own good. It was nothing like because he was stealing from her as well. Yeah, man, he's, I don't know, he's a different, that's a different level. But she also talks about how basically she and, she had an abortion. She got pregnant by Justin Timberlake when they were together. And she had an abortion. And again, quotes from the book. She said, it was a surprise for me. It was a surprise, but for me, it wasn't a tragedy. I love Justin so much. I always expected us to have a family together one day. This would, this would just be much earlier than I'd anticipated. But Justin definitely wasn't happy about the pregnancy. He said we weren't ready to have a baby in our lives, that we were way too young. Um, she said, if it had been left up to me alone, I would, I never would have done it, as I never would have had the abortion. And yet Justin was so sure that he didn't want to be a father. To this day, it's one of the most agonizing things I've ever experienced in my life. Wow. She's been through a lot, man. The girl's been through so much. Like a crazy, crazy, crazy. And when you think about it, she was actually young. She was a young girl at the time as well. Mm. I think she was pregnant. I think she was 19 at the time. Or something like that. Um, but yeah, man, her MMA's out next week, I guess. Yeah, 24th of October. And it's called The Woman in Me. And um, you'll go support that. And um, be nice to her when she's dancing on the internet. Something else I've got to talk about today because I just, I just cannot. People are wilding and I just don't, I just don't even know what to say. So basically, right, bit of background. Early YouTube years, there was a YouTube couple, interracial couple. This was back in the days oh, where people were doing those stupid content about my, my white boyfriend sees my wife for the first time. My white boyfriend sees my Afro for the first time. All that very foolish. I hope mm-hmm. no one's in that 2023. I hope not. I will report them. I will go out of my way to report them. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that goes on, on TikTok. Yeah, see, my page can't, right? Esther will block you. I will block you, your man, his mum, the entire... No, I cannot be seeing such such foolishness. But basically, there's a couple and um, her name's Nikki. Nikki thought she was known as and Jamie Perkins. And I feel like they went went viral. They did go viral. They wanted like the first couples to kind of, in the YouTube space, to kind of go viral. Yeah. And it was off their, I can't remember what it was, but they went viral anyway. They were like interracial, they were interracial couple and that was around the time as well where like, 
they were about OG, 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 early, early YouTube days. Yeah. Because around the time, they, they were the Australian version and we had Priscilla. obviously Patricia Bright. Yeah, I mean, them. yeah, Patricia. Yeah, yeah Patricia Bright mm. and Mike as well over mm. here. So basically, they would do like vlogs and all that kind of stuff and blah, blah. Their life looked perfect. This, watching this video yesterday, this was an hour and 23 minutes. Oh, so that's what you put up. I was, I was like, who is this person? I thought it was someone from Love Island. You no, know? girl. Shame about you from nah, girl. This is this was what I put up. Because at the time I saw it, my, bed, my bedtime was approaching. And I have to publicly... Do you ever talk about this on the show? Your need for speeding things, Brent? Yes. I'm sure I have. Okay, well, then here we go. There's a statement for me. I have... I, I apologise to Brent publicly. Because Brent is always... <laughs> That is I will accept that. Brent is always speeding stuff up. Even you can send Brent a three-second voice note. That shit is fed up. <laughs> <laughs> he speeds everything, and I always say to him, like, I would I, I basically would shade it, him. But... No, uh, yesterday I understood it, and my life has changed. I've never done it to you. I've just called you. So I don't know why is it you're making noise over there. <laughs> Excuse me, I said I've, I don't understand it, so I can't say I don't understand. <laughs> okay, they see each other. This is great. Yeah. But Basically, right? Um, so I've always like shaded Brent and cussed him for it and da 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 da, da and just told him, don't be silly. Sometimes he wants to play things to me and I'm like, no, put it at normal because I don't have ears like you do. But yesterday, I sat there looking at this video that was an hour and 23 minutes and I said, what the hell? What, what the hell am I going to do? And basically, I started, sk- I was skipping, like I said, this is just, you know when people talk and they're giving you the situation? Just tell, tell me us this what happened. happened. Yeah. But he's telling me how the day was, what the sky was looking. I said, this is stupidness. <sighs> so basically, I started to speed up. I sped up to the fastest setting that YouTube has, which is times two. I personally didn't introduce the three because it wasn't fast. <laughs> two wasn't fast enough. And I was breezed through it in 45 minutes. It was great. I was so happy. <laughs> Even 40 minutes, maybe, because I had to keep stopping to read screenshots. So essentially, the video is titled, "Why I think, Why I Left Nikki, something like that anyway. So the, the interracial couple would like, they had a lot of followers and a lot of subscribers. I think on the channel it was like 1.7 million. Like they had millions of followers. Like they were a whole family package. The they were Start the YouTube. Pack. No, honestly, they Start were really it. No, it really, no, it really was the start. It was pack. get a white man. <laughs> <laughs> Let him see your braids <laughs> and then do that. Yeah. So that's what they were basically doing. So in the video, he basically talks about how they separated in 20, what year we in? 2023? I think it was 2019, I believe, or 2020. Basically, um, they separated and their divorce only got finalized in March. He said, he spent, he spent $160,000 in legal fees. Jesus. I said, so you pay to get married. You You pay pay to get divorced. And this is why the London boys are only giving the girls traditional weddings. (laughs) Because you just pack your bag and you go. $160,000 to get divorced in legal fees. Crazy. Shocking. But basically, essentially, what his accusations of her are that, firstly, um, she she was controlling. Essentially, she was controlling. They, they had a house that they that they lived in that people saw. You know, they do that house tours, all that kind of stuff. He said that basically he didn't want he didn't want to move to that area they were living in Australia. It's kind of like a, it's basically like living in the country. Essentially, he didn't want to move to that area. He didn't like the house that they bought. He didn't want to buy the house. He didn't want to renovate the house. They agreed that okay, we'll you know, we'll get the house, but we wouldn't renovate it. As soon as they moved in, sis is like, we're renovating the house. So he didn't really have a say on that on the house. There was that. He also said how basically he's got he said he's got like a medical condition based that he's lived with and it's just a it's just a thing that's there. And it affects him, his livelihood and what whatnot. But basically he said how he was the only one well, he was basically the only one working. Mm. And he was working like seven days a week. That like he was just consistently working. 
to the point where like it, it was running him down and he was like burning out and like it was affecting his health and whatnot, but she didn't care about it. He said that he basically said she was lazy. Um, he also said that um, at one point she then said she wanted to go back to school and study nursing. But he was like, we've got so much financial stuff. Like all the burden on, is on me financially. Is now really the time that you want to go to school? Or mm-hmm. even if you wanted to, if you knew you wanted to go back to school, why didn't you work then save? Mm-hmm. Then we could do that. Because he was like, I've been telling you about what it is that you can do, but we're always having arguments about this, blah, blah. Essentially, sis didn't work and whatnot. Wanted to go back to school. I don't know if she ever did do her nursing. I, I don't have a clue. There was that. She wanted to be a model. Her sister's a model. Um, Ducky thought. She's actually a model. But um, she wanted to do modeling as well. I guess it didn't really catch on or didn't work out wherever it was. Cool. He said then they started YouTube and whatnot. But he was basically the one doing the admin behind the YouTube. So he was the one who was editing. He was the one who was researching how it is, what kind of content they can do, how they can grow their followers. The one responding to 90% of that, the comments and whatnot. The one um, doing Facebook. Like He was essentially doing everything for the... YouTube mm-hmm. and he just wanted her to pick up some of it and she wasn't really trying to. Eventually he did teach her how to edit and stuff and she also was one who said let's start doing vlogs and people like that kind of stuff. There was that. He basically said as well, they talked about like having kids and whatnot but he was like we need to be in a certain financial place before we have the kids. He's like yeah I want to have a family with you. Da, 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 da. They had the kids anyway. They got two kids. They got two daughters anyway. Basically he loved, he loved her a lot. Like he really 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 loved her a lot and I thought like he was doing absolutely everything to try and make her happy. Um, but in my in my opinion, she took advantage of that. To, if I'm gonna call it spade a spade, she took advantage of that. He also said basically as well. This is one of the most shocking parts: is that she's abusive. She's verbally abusive and she's physically abusive. So at the start of the video, he plays a voice note from her where she's shouting and screaming at him and whatever. Obviously, with voice notes anyway, voice notes and stuff. I take it a pinch. I take it with a pinch of salt because you don't really know the context as to why this person's reacting the way they're reacting. You could have shouted at me. In then the edit it yeah, to just yeah. part, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Cool. However, though, in because basically online right now, there's a division. People are divided. People are like, oh, you, you are out here, just believe in him. You're never going to hear her side. And while I hear it, I hear wanting to hear people's sides and whatnot. Me, personally, I'm not here for abuse of any, of any kind. And when an abuser, I've always said this, when an abuser, if someone says they've been abused, I don't... It's not for me to go out my way to start asking you to bring all the receipts and da 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 whatever it is. I'm going to take your word for it. And when it's proven that you weren't abused, then I'll move forward from that. I That's a bit mad though. What? To Someone says that, that, that they're abused, you just be like, okay. I'm not going to I'm not gonna to say to you we're not abused. Yeah, but you said you're gonna take their word for it. I'm going to if you tell me you were abused, I'm going to accept that you were abused. That's a bit mad. The more stuff that comes out, that's fair. But I'm not going to have someone come and tell me that they've been abused and I'm now saying, where's the receipts? Like, obviously, conversations will happen from that. Mm. But my first, when someone comes to me and says they've been abused, my first thought is not to push back on the fact that they've said they've been abused. Mm. That's my thing. Yeah, I agree. You know the, the, yeah, your first thought might not be that. But that's but... what I'm saying. Though. That's what I mean. Okay, like that. okay. That's what okay. I'm saying. That if receipts and stuff come out afterwards, then cool, cool, cool. But whenever someone says that they've been abused, my first thought is never... No, you weren't, or mm. prove to me that you were, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I don't, all of that stuff, I think, I, personally, I feel like that's damaging, mm-hmm. and I don't roll like that. So, do you know what I mean? So, when he's saying that he's been abused, beyond him even saying that, this guy's showing receipts. He's showing messages where she's actually apologized for hitting him. She's hit him in front of his brother. The, the video at the end, the, the one of the videos at the end of the video is she, his mum is there, and she's, she's even breaking down, like scared and whatnot. One of the messages as well, he's even telling her how, like, she cusses him and she insults him and hits him and stuff in front of their kids to the point where he, he was saying how one time 
he and his brother were like joking and laughing and whatnot in front of their, their daughter. And she just started shouting like, oh no, stop, stop, stop. Because obviously she's got PTSD from like, when she hears loud noise, like sudden noise, she thinks it's some kind of chaos and argument and whatever. And he was basically saying to, to um, Nikki that this isn't healthy for the children. Mm -hmm. Like we can't, th this can't be the lives they're living kind of thing. Yeah. So the discourse online is more of a, he's just said this and you guys are gonna believe it. This man has showed receipts, like text messages where she's actually said, I'm sorry for hitting yeah. you. And I've got, I've got anger issues and I need to sort it out, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And you're telling me that you need another side to the story. I'm not saying he's mm -hmm. perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that he was a perfect model husband. He even said himself that he wasn't perfect. He wasn't, he's, and he said in messages to her as well that he, that guy can type. Gosh, there were screenshots. It was, it was paragraphs. <laughs> but like, for me, even if it was a thing where there was abuse both ways, abuse was still present in the relationship kind of thing. Yeah. What else did you talk about? Um, I think that's a lot of uh, like, women, I feel like we, we do tend to throw hands a bit. Or I not, think not so we, dangerous. there are a lot of women that tend to that's throw hands. And, they think, oh, and on a constant basis. And then when the man uses the word abuse, they're like, no, it's not abuse. But it, it actually is abuse. Is abuse. It's it's abuse. abuse. It is, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's it why, is, and that's why like, that's why I find the whole conversations that's happening very annoying mm. because I know that if this if roles were reversed mm -hmm. they would be it would be chaos yeah 100%. it would be chaos <laughs> and he's a white man it would be definitely chaos it would be chaos you get me so like, black women this yeah. is it so that's why I'm like that's why I made a point to make it to say that because I know how it is I've defended black women who've been abused mm -hmm. so I'm not going to be like oh because he's a white guy or whatever, like, or because he's a man anyway mm -hmm. I'm not going to defend no I'm going to yeah. when, when a woman tells me that she's been abused again my first instinct is not to, is not to push back on mm -hmm. what on the fact she said that. Yeah. So when a man comes to me and says that he's been abused as well, my first instinct is not to push back and say that because abuse is abuse and people do get abused. The statistics for men being abused is lower than women, but that's because there's a lot of um, stigma and a on lot men. of yeah. cultural mm -hmm. shame attached to a man saying that he's been abused. Yeah. Even the police don't take it seriously. I mean, they don't take women seriously anyway, but this one just don't want to work. But there is that, do you get what I mean? So he talked about all that stuff and... It was very sad. I felt really bad for him. And he also talked about how she's made it difficult for him to see the kids. You know, basically, she was, he was basically saying how, like, she would, like, change the kids, like, nursery and whatnot, not tell him. Like, he wouldn't know what nursery his kids go to, right? There's that. And he was saying as well how, um, so when, so obviously, remember, again, he didn't want to buy the house. He didn't want to renovate the house, wherever, wherever it was. When they separated, she then left him with the house. Left okay. him with the unpaid, the rest of the bills to pay for the renovation. Left him with paying the mortgage for the house. Left, just left him and then moved like an hour and a half away. So he hasn't even got easy access to the kids. So he basically would drive an hour to get the kid. One hour back. And then she had a deadline for when he, the kid had to come back home. And then he would then drive another three hours. So he was like, off peak time is one hour and a half. Peak time during traffic and whatnot is like two hours. This guy's driving seven hours just to spend like three hours with the kids. Yeah. And then they also had a thing where basically on their birthday, on like the parents' birthdays, they, they would basically spend the birthday with the kids and whatnot. His birthday was coming up, right? So listen to this, right? On Monday, the kid was with the, I think the kid was with him, right? And then he said something about her feeling came out. So she should, um, she might complain of pain, but just letting her know that this is what happened in case she complains that she's got two fake, whatever. She's like, all right, cool. I'm going to book an appointment. That happens on a Monday. His birthday's on a Friday, right? So... He's like, oh, she's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna book an appointment this week for the dentist, whatever. He messages her on Thursday saying, my birthday tomorrow. I'd like to be with the girls. I'm gonna take them to a restaurant. Blah blah. She doesn't reply until Friday morning. No, he messages on Wednesday. She doesn't reply until like Thursday morning. But when she replies on Thursday morning, she then says, oh, she's got a dentist appointment tomorrow. You can take her if you want to take her. Cool. 
But what she didn't clock was that the dentist was still sending him <laughs> the appointment notifications. So he clocked that just before she replied his text. She, was she made she a, booked the she appointment. Booked oh, man. And he also basically, he also had an nice. opportunity to take them to Disneyland, like a paid trip or whatnot, right? Take them to Disneyland. But they were going to miss like a few days of school or whatnot. And she was like, oh, basically she feels like he's always doing like first with them. Like he has a... He, and this is the problem. Well, this is the problem when you want, when you want to fight with... Because um, women complain about this as well. And, and I get it. When there's one parent that's the sole provider and sole carer, yeah, the other parent gets to just come in and kind of be the fun parent kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So she was basically like, you get to take them and have all these, do these fun things with them. And whenever I try to do something with them, they'll be like, oh, daddy take us here. Oh, daddy yeah, take us. Yeah, She's like, that's yeah, why I keep yeah. consistently hearing. So she was like, for you to book the Disneyland and whatever, I want to take them. She was like, that was, that's inconsiderate because you could have at least asked me to come. You could have at least made like a family thing so I could experience that first with her as well, with them. But he was like, first of all, we're not together. We're not even good at co-parenting. I was just in about what to world, say, to invite you, then we start arguing in front of the kids. No. In what world are we taking a trip to Disneyland together no. when we don't, we don't even get on and we don't even, we don't get on kind of thing. So she was like, also, I feel like you're making the, sec- the school, um, the education, like a secondary thing, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Last, last, the kids in good Disneyland with him, basically. And she said she wanted to be the one to experience that with him. I feel like, this is, what, this is my theory. Obviously, she's a black woman. He's a white man, whatever, whatever. But I feel like she took advantage of the fact that he's a nice guy. Yeah. He seemed like a nice guy. And again, I'm not saying this in fact, because basically, when they got together, she was 18, he was 25. That age gap, I'm sorry. I don't care what nobody says. That age gap had... Sorry, who, he was 18. He was 25. Oh, and she, uh, she was 18. He was seven years older than her. Mm. Far as I'm concerned, a 25-year-old has no business dating an 18-year-old. That is my personal... That is my personal opinion. I'm not here for that. So I'm not going to... I'm not ruling out the fact that there's, there would have been some form of manipulation. That's the thing. When people are in marriages and relationships and whatnot, there's different... People have different sides. So yes, he will appear to me on that video because he's talking about his experiences. And it will appear like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel sorry for him. I'm sad for him and da 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 But I am aware that people aren't perfect. And I'm also where people give you the side of the story that helps the message they're trying to put out there. Do you get what I mean? So... I'm in no way saying that he's he's the kindest man on earth or he's the most loving. So you're saying because of the age like gap, you're automatically assuming that there was some form of manipulation somewhere I in the think relationship. I think I'm not automatically assuming, <clears throat> but I'm not ruling it out. I'm not assuming there was um, manipulation, but I'm not ruling it out because that age gap to me personally does not make sense. You are at different stages of your life. So now it makes sense to me while, while you're saying that she's lazy, she's like, she's not ambitious, she's not this and that because she wasn't... She hasn't, she's still young. At 25, what you've experienced education-wise and um, career-wise and whatever else is you're at a different stage in your career yeah. to an 18-year-old who's just fresh out of school. Yeah, but is he saying that, like, based on when they got together? Because they've been together for how long? I don't know, but they've been together, they were for, together a for a while. while. Yeah. But is he saying that she's just not ambitious? Because it's different if he's saying that, you know, when I met her, she wasn't ambitious. Is she still unambitious? To this day, to the, no, to this day they're not together anymore. So we don't know what she's been doing. She's got a new man, everything. Like they divorced like three years ago, or separated three years ago. Mm. So to this day, I feel like Sis is just doing whatever it is that she's doing. But from the messages that he was sending her about her working, he was saying that you're not like you need to get up and you need to do something. You need to look at this and do this and do. Yeah, this but and being do lazy and 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 not having ambition are two different things. He described her to be lazy. That's very and different. He, no, but he also said that she doesn't want to. 
he also implied that she's not ambitious because he said you can do this, you can do this idea, you can do this, da da da, da and you're not wanting to do anything. He's like, you're, you're just, you just want to be at home, basically, is what he said. But I don't feel that if that's an honest criticism, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think that's an age thing because if he's given her suggestions, then and she still doesn't want to do it. Yeah, but you're like, I don't think that's an age thing. No, I think I definitely think it's an age thing. I don't. I think because when you're 18. When I, what, what was I? Sixth form. You finished sixth form when you're 18. When you're 25, you finished uni four years after that. Like, you're four years post-uni. Yeah, but this is what when I'm you're saying. you're 18, you're shave off sixth form. Like, if, if you're they were... You're in different in your life. That's what I mean. You're in different spaces in your life. So, of course, like, he was doing photography. He was helping mm -hmm. with his dad with, like, construction work and whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You figured out the things that interest you that you want to do. Mm -hmm. She hasn't. But okay, let's just say she's, let's say now she's 23 in the yeah. relationship. Yeah. And he's saying, okay, this is what you can do. You can do this, you can do that. Mm -hmm. Do you still think in that five year span that she shouldn't have? No, but she would have. She but if the, but he, obviously the older you get, you the more you discover. Yes, absolutely. I don't um, get the line of questioning. For, like, because I feel like you're basing, like you saying that she, that he said he was, she was an, un, she was unambitious because yeah. of her age. But I'm no, saying he didn't that, say that. I'm no, saying sorry, that. you're saying that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I'm saying they were together for a, a long period of time. How long so, were they together for? So if the, I don't know, you know. if she was if she was unambitious throughout yeah, the whole period goodness. of their relationship, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it was an age thing. If that's, it was for the yeah. duration of their relationship, where she's getting older and she's still lacking ambition, then it couldn't be an age thing. No, but the thing is, obviously, the older she got, she started in the whole YouTube thing. Like she. The YouTube thing, essentially, people came for her, essentially. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about he's working all the time. So she she did the whole YouTube thing. She did the whole YouTube thing. She did the whole sponsorship, blah, blah. So it's not fixed. She wasn't ambitious. She became ambitious, if that makes sense. Like, not that she became ambitious, but she found out what she was. She was working, essentially, if that makes sense. The okay. messages he was showing, he was saying she wasn't working. <clears throat> and he was saying she wasn't she wasn't putting her weight in the house. He wanted her to contribute. He wanted her to do this, blah, blah. The YouTube stuff started from what I'm seeing, after those messages. Right. Do you get me? So obviously mm -hmm. the older she would have gotten, that's how then people would have come to know her anyway. So mm -hmm. she would have been working. That makes sense. So I, d I don't know. Maybe I'm just coming from a different, because I've been working since I was 16. Yeah. But it doesn't, I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily ambitious. I'm just not lazy. I hear you. So that's what I'm saying. She, she was lazy. If she wasn't, she's 18 and she's not working. Why are you not working? But people, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know her family circumstances, but... But I just feel like... Eight... Circumstances. But 18, who doesn't work at 18? A lot of people don't work at 18. Okay. Because people a are lot, studying. Not everyone... Yeah, that's true. University yeah, because you're, you're in full-time education. Like, you, people are studying. So... 18 I, is that... Works. I wasn't working at 18. 18. For me, I'm thinking about first year of uni. Yeah, but not yeah. everyone works even throughout uni. Yeah. Again, yeah, it's different, I, I it's different it. family dynamics. Not everyone works during at that time. <laughs> as soon as you're legal to work, not everybody starts working at that age. Sorry. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I didn't. I, I got a job maybe towards the last year of my uni. Really? I worked and throughout then I, uni. I lost it like two weeks and I left. left. I said, <laughs> so, <laughs> like, and I left. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. there you go. So, yeah, so not, every, yeah, not everyone works from when they're there. But for me, anyway, I think the age gap from when they met and whatnot, that plays a, that plays a, a fact. Whether people want to admit or not, for yeah, me, I don't know about it does. That your, your frontal lobe and whatnot, your brain is still developing at that age scientifically. So I don't see how we yeah, can make a decision. Like, so you can still be lazy though, regardless. No, but this is gonna. No, but my. No, but wait. I feel we're we're missing all the points. My 
age gap argument has got nothing to do with her ambition or laziness or okay. anything like that. Like, I'm not linking okay, okay. those two. Do you get what I mean? I'm just saying that there was an age gap. I brought the age gap thing in there, making the point that I'm not saying he's a perfect guy. Okay, if yeah. he's older than her, whatever, I can imagine that he at some point asserted the fact that he's older, he's more mature than she is in the relationship. That's where my age gap argument is coming into the dynamics, not to mm. do with her laziness. I know 40-year-olds are lazy as heck. Do you know what I mean? So it's not. So do you think a lot of that. our parents were manipulated in some? Because a lot of our parents have yes, big age gaps. I do with the with our husbands. Because yeah. my, I think mine. What are mine? I think mine might be five years or so. Yeah, but I don't know. I just feel like it's a bit of a reach to assume that because the age gap is seven years, that there was some form of manipulation in there. No, for me, age gap is a thing from a. At a certain age, mm -hmm. when you get to a certain point, it's not that much a factor as it was if you're younger. Do you get what I mean? So it's not a case of like if it's if it's like a 50 year old and a 57 year old, I'm gonna be like, oh, there must be manipulation. Yeah, no, it's yeah. not about that. Mm -hmm. It's about when you met. It's about when this relationship started. Mm -hmm. For me, that's where age gap matters. Okay. So 18 for me, I feel like from from 25, depending again on the age gap, it's not so much a thing. But for me, 18 and 25, mm -hmm. that is that is an amber. That's an amber flag. Really? That's definitely <laughs> amber alert. That's interesting. That is one. That for me personally, that is an amber alert. But say she was 25 and he was 30 or whatnot. Lesser. Not is lesser. Do you know what I mean? It's not it's not so much. Depending mm -hmm. on what his how it is that he communicates with her and whatever it is. So when I brought up the age gap, it's just, it's to say that I'm not saying that he's perfect. I'm not saying that she's completely like the only villain in this mm. but it's that he could have been wherever he was he he could have been wherever he is obviously we don't know his side if she comes out and talks about her side then that's fair but based on the things that i saw i yeah. can say that she was abusive that mm -hmm. was abusive behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's what you said earlier where a lot of women just move that way and think that a guy shouldn't hit me back or he yeah he wouldn't mm -hmm. hit me back but for me abuse works both ways 100 and it shouldn't be done anyway yeah. but yeah i'll see if she says anything back anyway i'll let you guys know but it's sad to say the least. I felt bad for him. Um, I definitely 100% felt bad for him, just mm -hmm. on a human level. Mm -hmm. I talk about that, how he does Uber driving now. And he basically said how he can't even get the type of job that he wants to get because it will basically affect the, the, yeah, the time he gets to see the kids at the window he's been given kind of thing. Is she still a YouTuber? No. So what does she do? I don't know. I think she does like sponsored posts and stuff like that. Basically, like so she's just influencer. Yeah, I feel, I feel like an influencer. I don't know what she does. I, I feel like she probably does... She might be. She might actually be a nurse now. Actually, I don't know. I'm just questioning why people flop. Anyway, I'm not even gonna. Because she doesn't. Yeah, because she doesn't do like the. I don't feel like she does the content <laughs> thing like story, that anyway. But, <laughs> but all the best all parties involved anyway. It's been a long segment. It's going to be the channel. <laughs>
and obviously the, everyone's pretty much blaming somebody else. Uh, the cost of barrels of, of oil has gone up, and yeah, it's just a lot of nonsense, man. This war, I, I really, I really, um, I'm kind of just waiting to see how this war is going to affect us on a day to day. Because you know, worst case scenario, if we do get pulled in in some capacity, it's definitely going to affect the cost of living in some capacity. But we'll see what happens in it. At the moment, though. At least inflation hasn't gotten worse. It has remained at 6.7%. Um, we also spoke about, you know, nitrous oxide, you know, the balloons and all that type of stuff that people be using. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's going to be illegal from next month. So we... The balloons? We, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Oh, I've seen people... Oh. Very good. I've seen young boys, like, driving and doing balloons at the same that's time. crazy. I've seen big... Age yes. Grown-ups. Admire. Can you have <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be illegal. The government cracking down on it, man. They're saying, you know, we ain't having this nonsense antisocial behavior. So it's gonna be illegal from next month. And also, serial users could be facing up to two years in prison, whilst mm. those who are dealing could face fourteen years. Fourteen years. This is according to the Home Office. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens in it. We'll see if it really affects stuff on a day to day. And the shortage is gonna look any different. Um, the charity has warned, and this is some unfortunate news, um, that more than a million emergency par parcels are expected to be um, distributed by food banks this winter. This is due to an unprecedented need for help. So they're anticipating that things will get worse this winter. Um, this, is, this is according to the Trussell Trust Network. They support more than 1,300 food banks um, across the country, and they forecasted that more than 600,000 people are going to be relying on food banks from December this year until next February, 600,000 people. That will mean almost 100,000 more emergency food parcels are required compared to the same period of time last year when just over 900,000 were handed out. Um, last winter saw 220,000, um, sorry, 200, two, yeah, 220,000 children supported by emergency meals from this same um, uh, charity, Trussell Trust Network. And 225,000 people are using food banks for the first time. So, to be fair, the government is trying to put certain things in place, you know what I mean? Helping people with certain, you know, their winter payments and things of that nature. Especially if you are on um, benefits as well. You've got elderly people in your, in your family. Please make sure they go to DWP, call them up, and make sure they get what they're entitled to. But, yeah, it just seems that things will get worse, unfortunately. Hopefully these projections are wrong. But we'll see what happens, and I'll keep you guys apprised. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention is Kurt Geiger. Oh, yeah, I remember Kurt Geiger. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. um, basically, it's looking like they might get sold. Oh, well, yeah, well. Yeah, they're, they're being uh, prepared for a £400 million sale by its private equity backers. Yeah, there's not much information about it at the moment, but just to say that it looks like um, they might get sold. So we'll, we'll see again what's happening. So, yeah, it just seems like a lot of companies are having to change their business models. You know, we spoke about Wilco last week. Officially gone now. Um, Rolls Royce yesterday letting go of 2,500 people. Jeez. Yeah, and um, Kurt Geiger as well, potentially being sold. Swear. Metro Bank as well had to get rid of, um, sell a lot of their mortgages to stay afloat. There's a lot of stuff that's going Crazy. on at this moment, man. Yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Keep it nice and brief. Yes, thank you. And that's it for the People's Journal. Well, it's well on this Wednesday, so let's get into it. Mm -hmm. Right. All 
if you want to feel good, you have to go out and do some good. Oprah Winfrey. Let's take a moment to sit back and explore. What is it that you'd say makes you feel good? Is it when the trim is fresh and your beard is glistening? Or when you've closed your rings and your competitor is many points behind you? Either way, when you feel good, there's an element of you doing something towards it that accompanies that feeling. One might say, well, I only walked or drove to the barbers, so I wouldn't consider that doing any good. But let me tell you, that's where you're wrong. You took a step to go out and that in itself is doing something. There's an action taking place and that is always the first step to achieving a goal. Let me take you back to the time during COVID when we were all locked inside and we didn't have as much access into going outside. Remember the grizzly season that had the mandem in a chokehold? Whew, what a time. Compare that to this moment right here, where you take the active step into feeling good, be it going to the gym, volunteering at events, or even visiting family and friends. Just you taking time out to implement something with the idea of it being beneficial and positive is you doing some good. So as Miss Winfrey says, in order to feel good, you have to indeed do some good. If you want to feel Is that it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it ended a bit, a bit abruptly. Yeah. I thought she was mid-sentence. Okay. Well, let's get into our interview then. <laughs> okay, you guys know we've consistently been celebrating Black History over here. Well, we are on job. We are very on job this 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 month. <laughs> Proud of us, love that for us. And we have a lovely, am I echoing? Hello? Hello, hello, am I echoing? No. Oh. No, no, I understand what you're saying. The, my thing was high up, so it oh, was okay. Yeah. Okay, lovely. Oh, my voice is changing. All right, nice. But yeah, we've got a lovely, lovely guest with us today. Um, her name's Faida, and she's the founder of Freedom Is Mine, and we need to get into all of that. But good morning. Good morning, thank yeah, you guys for having welcome, me. Welcome. Oh, sorry, the bottle. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> yes. How are we doing? There you go. It looks so pretty in pink. I love yeah, it. Yeah, cute. cute. <laughs> <Not of color. laughs> How are you? Very good. How are you guys this morning? Yeah, good. good thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Good, thank you. Good. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about today. But I feel like you might end up being one of my favourite guests. Oh. Because I saw that you've got... Um... <laughs> <laughs> so typically we play a one for you with our guests, right? Yeah. But I heard that you've got it for us. You want us to answer the questions. Yeah, I thought I'd switch it up today. Mm-hmm. I'm, feeling. <laughs> I'm glad both of you, both of you, please, people rep black. So, <laughs> if you guys are on your Zoom today, <laughs> do you need the beat as well? I like the beat. Oh, uh, yeah, you yeah, actually down. really. Okay. Uh, yes. I'm confident. I'm confident you're going to, you'll definitely know some of them. Oh, some of them are a bit more obscure. Okay. And I was thinking the ones that we don't know, we can maybe go over the history okay. after. Okay. Beautiful. Lovely. All right. Just so you know, Wait. Fida, mine hasn't looked at the document. Okay. Yeah, so oh. Coming in really Fresh eyes. Yeah. Oh, did we have? Oh, we had access to the questions. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, seeing Brent, it's like seeing Banksy. 
That's funny. All right, so how are we answering? Is this like one per person? No, no, just anyone answer it. Okay, okay. oh, good. It's a teamwork. There's ten questions and one bonus question. Okay. 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 All right, let's do this. (sighs) You know, if you're going wrong that way, who's because I'm going to be switching cameras in it, so I need to know. No, it's whoever answers it. Oh. Do you get it? Is it one by one? No, no, no. no, 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 no just just shocking just shocking yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got to be on your Zoom and all. <laughs> all right. So we're going to start in three. Oh, my nervous. This is how guests feel. Okay, <laughs> 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 all right, let's do this. One. Here we go. Which country has the largest black population outside of Africa? Brazil. 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 Which French writer of African descent is one of France's most celebrated authors, famous for writing The Three Musketeers? Um, Pass. Pass. Uh, Which Middle Eastern country formerly relocated its capital city to Zanzibar in Africa? Tanzania. Which Middle Eastern country? Middle Eastern. (laughs) In Africa. You don't know? Middle Eastern country. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pass. Pass. Which South American country has its own government-recognized black king? Ooh. Queen of BOE, get in the game! I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> no? Let's say random South American country. Guyana. That's not how you play the game. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of the famous 16th century African samurai who trained in Japan? And here's a clue. There's a Netflix anime show named after him. Oh, my God. The name uh, escapes me. There's a black samurai. Yeah. Black um, samurai. I haven't watched What's it. What's his name? Um, nope. I can't remember. I'm okay, let's keep going. Damn. Which European country is home to a historically black town named Avato? Which European country? European country has a black town. Okay. France? Malta. Oh, no. Which two neighbouring South Asian countries are home to the Siddi community, also known as the Shiddi community? South Asian country? Mm. Yeah. Sri Lanka? Adjacent. India? And Pakistan. 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 Oh, we've got one. (laughs) (laughs) Almost there. Ahmed Ali Chalaktin was one of the first black fighter pilots in the world and one of the few to fight in World War I. Which country was he from? Kenya? Outside of Africa. Oh, sure. Nope. Okay, I'm confident. It's going to be one. a long yeah, <laughs> history lesson. This is serious. <laughs> the next one, I'm confident. Kazao is the name of a town in Haiti whose presence dates back to the Haitian Revolution. The inhabitants are largely descended from which European country? Iran? French. France. France. What's it? No. You said it yourself the other day. Huh. But the Polish? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then we're ready for the bonus question. Let's do it. I liked your chances for this one, Esther. The first documented person to reach the geographical North Pole was an African-American man named Matthew Henson in 1909. Which Hollywood actress is descended from him? Come on, Esther. Why am I in it? Taraji P. Henson. Yeah. Oh, I love Taraji as well. Well done, Christy. (laughs) (laughs) No, the pressure. I feel like I'm back in school doing a test. I was all nervous. Yeah, that's what we feel. Yeah, we were wealthy. You You weren't keeping scores. We got two. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so the French author who wrote The Three Musketeers is Alexandre Dumas. 
and he's like one of the most famous, famous. French authors. Yeah. But even French oh, now you know, literally. <laughs> <laughs> but even French people don't know that he's black. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Probably know that Shannon Boyd. Um, Brent, did I add some photos? To yeah, you, you did. Yeah, yeah. If we want to see. Oh, I love your artwork as well. Never mind. Um, then, which Middle Eastern country had its capital in Zanzibar? Mm. Stonetown, Zanzibar. Oman. Oh. Yeah. So in 1840, the Sultan of Oman moved his capital from Muscat in Oman mm. to Stonetown in Zanzibar um, because they had clove plantations there. Oh. Um, For some reason, when you were asking that question, I was thinking there's a Middle East country today. That yeah. No. I didn't know you meant back then. Okay. Mm. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trust me, excuses, <laughs> no, excuses, excuses. <laughs> um, which South American country has its own government-recognized black king? Bolivia. Serious? Did yeah. Wow. Do we have a picture of him, Brent? I am going to put all these pictures it, up. We're on it. Um, so, yeah, this is a really nice story. I like this mm. one. So, um, well, it starts off sadly, but essentially the transatlantic slave trade, mm -hmm. 12 million enslaved Africans were brought to the Americas, including yeah. Bolivia. Um, among that number was a Congo prince called Uchicho, who, yeah. even though he was enslaved and brought mm -hmm. to Bolivia, was like, I'm holding on to this kingship. I love that. So him. he passed it down the generations yeah. and the title still remains today. Wow. Wow. And yeah. it was in 2007 that the Bolivian government actually recognized that the, the Afro-Bolivian community have their own king. Wow. And he was crowned in a ceremony um, and the current king is called Julio Pinedo. Wow. That's yeah. lit. Wow. Wow. So Bolivia's got their own black king. There mm. we go. Nice. Oh, that's um, the oh, is that him today? That's him. There we actually, go. Actually, he's got a shirt on. They wouldn't have shirts yeah, yeah, back yeah. then, would they? <laughs> <laughs> um, do we know the name of the 16th century African samurai? Yes, you even watched the show. Yeah, I can't remember. So his name's Yasuke. In the Netflix show, he was voiced by Lakeith Stanfield. Yes. Um, oh. And yeah, he's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. he arrived in Japan in 1579 and is the first African to appear in Japanese historical records. Wow. Okay. The Middle Eastern country with the largest Afro-Arab population in the world. Middle East, say that again? Middle, Middle Eastern, Eastern country. country. With the largest Afro-Arab population in the world. Hmm. Is it by in the Middle East? It's not, is it? Dubai. No, yeah, that's the Middle yeah. East, yeah. Is it Dubai? Saudi Arabia. Oh. oh. Mm -hmm. that, that, that makes sense, though. Biggest Saudi black Arabia, population. Yeah. And then the historically black town in Europe is in Greece. Mm. It's oh. called oh, Amato. Really? And you can go there today and it's it's black folk doing their thing. Wow. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, in, where? Like? in Greece. Um, what? what? Um, in Zan near Xanthi. Okay. Oh. Okay. Some yeah. of these are here. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are they? They're residents of the of the Gre town. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've been there for like, you know, decades and decades and decades, generations. Wow. Um, the two neighboring South Asian countries, home to the Siddhi community and the Shidi community, are India and Pakistan. Mm. Um, so I don't know if you've ever met black Indians or Pakistanis, but there we go. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Okay. They're outcasted. Three hundred thousand of them collectively. Um, the first black fighter pilot in the world and one of the few to fight in World War One, Ahmed Ali Tulektin, he's Turkish. Uh-huh. I didn't even know. It's so interesting. Until yeah, I started this real. research, I had never even seen like a black Turkish person. There we go. Wow. First one in the world. He looks like Mandem as well. <laughs> <laughs> he brought the fashion. But how, how, is, how is he Turkish though? Is he Turkish in the sense that like I'm British? Or is he? Good question. Mm. So a lot of people 
when we think of the slave trade, we tend to think of the transatlantic slave trade, mm -hmm. but there were actually others that were older and yep. that includes um, the Arab slave trade mm -hmm. and the Ottoman Empire slave trade. So Turkey at the time was part of the Ottoman Empire mm -hmm. and they brought enslaved Africans to, um, yeah, to be, to okay. work for them for free labor. So his grandmother, she was from, she was from Bornu in Nigeria mm. and she was brought to Turkey as okay. part of the Ottoman Empire slave trade. Obviously they were eventually emancipated, but mm. their descendants still live there today. Wow. So if you go to certain regions in Turkey, like mm. Izmir, for example, mm. on the Aegean coast where they used to have cotton plantations, mm -hmm. all black everything. Wow. Wow. Mm. wow. And it's so funny, we never talk about that. I feel like we never, it's always a trans, Atlantic slave yes. trade, but yeah. we never really talk about the Arabic yeah. or the or, like that. Yeah. I feel like that You're always right, gets you know. Don't it don't get, get mentioned. A blind, it? I mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned it on the show a couple of times, but you know people get offended. <laughs> so we, you know. Um, and then you were right. Kazao is the Polish town mm. in Haiti because you were talking the other day about yeah. how um, the Polish was sent to fight and mm -hmm. suppress the Haitian Revolution. Yeah. Um, one of them was actually a Polish general who was half black. I was okay. called um, Vladislav Franciszko Jablonowski. That's it. Mm. Wow. Yes. Yes, girl, what languages do you and, speak? Uh, well, <laughs> so smooth. Yeah. I love that. Um, and he, yeah, he was a half black Polish general. He was sent to suppress the Haitian Revolution. But of about 5,000 soldiers, most of them died of yellow fever. Only about mm -hmm. 400 survived. And those defected to the side of the Haitians mm -hmm. and helped them win the revolution and establish a, a sovereign nation. And Jean-Jacques de Salines, Iman's mm. hero, um, granted them citizenship and mm -hmm. they established this town, Kazao. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know if you've got the picture of it, Brian, mm -hmm. but we have some residents. They look, they look low-key Polish. Oh, okay. like you can see the mix, isn't yeah. it? Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely see the mix. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Polish Haitian, and then yeah, Taraji oh. P. Henson is related to Matthew Henson, the first person, documented person to reach the geographical North Pole. I, see, I wow. wonder if Taraji knows that. I know she'd be on every interview talking about it. <laughs> I feel like she has mentioned it though. You think so? Yeah, I think she has. I'm sure. Yeah, there yeah. we go. There he is. Wow. So good. Fashion back then was just something else. It was cold. Okay, well, thank you for um, flipping the script on us. Love it. Mm -hmm. We will not be in the leaderboard. I see people were talking, doing a lot in the comments and buying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were showed up and whatnot. Sorry, we're here. We didn't say. Exactly. These questions we are hard. We're general knowledge experts. <laughs> <laughs> we are here to ask the questions. That's what we do. They're hard, but they shouldn't be. Like, mm. this yeah. is our history. Do you this know what it. I mean? That's and the thing. This is, we're so not taught this in school. Yeah. And mm -hmm. as much as I enjoy Black History Month and it's yeah. a chance for us to kind of relish in what we've accomplished, I feel like the narrative does tend to focus on certain people or mm. regions and mm. communities yeah and actually it's really important to acknowledge that the african diaspora is global there's mm. black mm -hmm. people everywhere and that's what i love to do is surprise people with mm. you know black history from japan and poland yeah. Yeah. bolivia wherever it yep. may be like we can go home and you know tell our friends there's an yeah. afro-bolivian king how cool is that? Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. is yeah. so new to yeah. me. You know exactly. I, I can't even lie to you. I don't associate black people with Bolivia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, don't go. September is Afro-Bolivian month. 
Oh, wow. wow. As, as we have Black History Month here. And the 23rd of September is Afro-Bolivian Day, where the whole nation celebrates. And like all Latin American countries, they have their Black History Month, mm. their Black History Day. Yeah. And it's like, we, we're not even aware of it. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, yeah. Mm. Like you said, we don't really get taught these things in school. So when did you, when did you take up an interest in like, going, going out of your way to learn mm. more about Black History? Um, good question. Well, I'm so I'm mixed race. Mm-hmm. My mum's British and my dad's Congolese. Okay. And I was raised in a white household. Mm-hmm. And my mum's amazing, but like black history was not her yeah. forte. Mm-hmm. So then I was always trying to like reconnect with my roots and okay. like read and research and stuff like from young. Yeah. And um, when I got a bit older, well, after I left university, I was traveling around Latin America mm-hmm. and encountering black communities. Because in my mind, it sounds naive but I was like Latinos all look like J-Lo or Shakira yeah. or like yeah, Ricky Martin do you know what I mean it's yeah. very whitewashed it's very whitewashed mm-hmm. yeah, and I was going to like Cuba and Colombia yeah. and Peru yeah. and seeing like black folk do you know what yeah. I mean just doing their thing and even people would mistake me and think that I was from there mm. yeah. and it was the first time in my life that I wasn't like an ethnic minority so mm. to speak so then I um, came across a company called Afro Latino Travel. Okay. And they do black history tours in Latin America. So Ooh, say, for yes. example, you'll book a holiday anywhere. Um, you'll book it with this company and then they'll take you on a black history tour. So you'll okay. get to do the touristy things as well. I need to yeah. do but that. the focus is on you'll stay in a black owned hotel or Airbnb. Oh, no, I need to do you're this. going Ooh. to black owned restaurants. You're engaging with the community, with yes. elders, with yes. activists, with artists. And I was like, this is amazing. So I started working with them in Cuba and Panama, like assisting on the Mm -hmm. tours. And then I started curating my own tours in Colombia and Mm -hmm. Peru. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to expand this and go to like Turkey and India and like Mexico and all these Mm -hmm. places and connect with black communities there. Cause I feel like people go there on holiday all the time, but they're not, they're not even aware there's a black community for them to spend their money there. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we should be lifting up our own. Mm. So I was like, I want to expand this. I was in Dominican Republic trying to establish a tour there when the pandemic hit mm. and that just shut down everything. Mm. Like I just had to refund all my clients and cancel all the tours. And I was like, okay, maybe travel right now is not the way to go. Yeah. But I still wanted to share this knowledge about these communities that I'd encountered. And so that's why I started the YouTube channel, Freedom Is Mine. Yeah. And for those who don't know, I literally go in each video, I go by country and talk about the history of the black community there, mm. um, salient individuals, what they've achieved, and then what life is like for the community today. Yeah. So it was really a way of bringing all of that knowledge together in one place and mm. to try and make it like as accessible as possible. Yeah. Mm. Why do you call it Freedom is Mine? Freedom is Mine. Um, there's a song by Nina Simone called mm. Feeling Good. Do you know it? Yeah. I think yeah. So. And there's a line in it that says, freedom is mine and I know how I feel. Mm -hmm. And it basically, because I was reading these stories and then a lot of them were kind of rooted, sadly, in various slave trades and hardship um, for black folk. But I realized like there's so much resistance and triumph and ingenuity and so many like incredible stories that I was coming across. And I was like, even in bondage, we are free. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. that doesn't change. Freedom is a state of mind. Mm-hmm. And I was just so inspired by all these stories I was reading. Yeah. Like, for example, in Colombia. So you'll probably know something about this. But um, when um, enslaved Africans were brought to the Americas, they were deliberately brought from different tribes and different ethnic groups. They couldn't communicate because mm-hmm. they yeah. didn't speak the same language. Yeah. 
And so in order, when they arrived in the Americas, people would obviously escape and form free settlements. Mm -hmm. And um, they w the women would braid like the escape routes in yeah. the, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. the yeah. maps mm -hmm. and stuff. And they would put like seeds rice. and grains mm -hmm. of rice, rice yeah. in their braids and things like that. And I was like, that's freedom to me. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that is resistance and resilience. So that's why the name came to me. Freedom is mine. That's wow. so cool. It's powerful. It reminds me of my own words here. Oh, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you look cute. <laughs> 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 you maps in your hair. Right? It's Sorry. under my wig. Silly <laughs> 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 questions. Maps are resting. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that is so so cool. Mm -hmm. So, like, with um, what age did you start all of this? Like, what age? Yeah, what age did you start all of this? Did you travel around and stuff? You're gonna make me expose my age now. <laughs> 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 um, I probably started traveling when I was about. Uh, I first started volunteering with Black History Tours when I was about 19. Oh, wow, well, okay. And then um, really... And was that in Cuba, you said? That was in Paris, I first did it. Okay, where did you grow up? Here? In London. Okay. Yeah, but I just, one summer, I was just like, I'm going to go, I'm going to get on a Eurostar mm -hmm. and go, just go. Know, do some Black History Tours. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, that's what I did. And then kind of mid-20s was when I um, started curating the tours and trying to do a bit more myself mm -hmm. um and yeah the youtube channel i started 2020 so three okay. years ago. Mm. and like is what was your aim when you started what was your goal really and are you are you in line with that goal has it changed since you started That's such a good question um my aim when i started it was really just to share this information yeah. and see if it resonated with other people, then great. I wasn't really sure how it was going to go. Mm -hmm. I think it was also to challenge our idea of what blackness is mm -hmm. and where blackness comes from in a yeah. way. And to say, yes, you can be Pakistani and black yeah. mm -hmm. or you can be Vietnamese and black. There are mm -hmm. black Vietnamese people. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So it was really to expand our understanding of yeah. what blackness is and it sounds kind of cliched, but I feel like in some ways we have, we've been fragmented as a people and kind yeah. of taken to different places. Mm -hmm. And this was kind of in some ways like a academic unification. Okay. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like bringing all these stories together. Yeah. 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 What's yeah. the most interesting place that you, that you found that there's black history in? I'm like a bit obsessed with black history in Poland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's a bit, that's shocking to hear, you know. Even when um, you said about Haiti, that would have like, yeah, 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 that, 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 that was shocking. Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought? Have you heard of August Brown, for example? Mm -mm. He was a Nigerian soldier and jazz musician, and he was the only black soldier to fight with the Polish in the wow. Warsaw Uprising. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. How, yeah. did, how did. We just love be going anywhere. Anyway. Yeah, he relocated. We're <laughs> not just everywhere. Yeah. How did he? How did he end up there? <laughs> That's what I mean. Like people everywhere. People everywhere, and it's just like Nigerians be everywhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm like sometimes I hear about Nigerians in Japan. I'm like. I know you don't speak Japanese. Mm. How are you getting by on a day? But then surprised. one of them get the yeah, Japanese guy speaking pigeon. My auntie lives in Japan. They speak Japanese yeah. there, man. Yeah. No, but it's okay. gone from strength to strength. Oh, is that him? Mm. Yeah, that's him. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Blaney looks like you. Handsome man. Yeah. And it's just kind yeah, of... Gives me Femi vibes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 does. So that's yeah. the most interesting place you found, like, like, that's the most interesting black history at the moment for you. I don't know, it changes. Like, I'm always yeah. discovering new things. I feel yeah. like I'm almost learning in real time, like, yeah. with the audience on my channel, because I'm always looking for new stories and finding them and then sharing yeah. them with people. 
And what's the process of research for you, for the videos? The process of research? Social media has been amazing. So I'll mm. usually re reach out to like academics and grassroots okay. organizations yeah. in the countries. Yeah. Um, Palestine's actually a really good example. Mm -hmm. So for example, when I was sitting down to make the video on black history in Palestine, um, there's a Afro-Palestinian kind of like grassroots organization called the African Community Society. Okay. And wow. I just got in touch with them. And then um, there's an elder in the community called Musa Kous. And he literally responded to me and sent me so much information. Mm. People be sending me pictures of their grandparents. Oh, wow. Like they really want to tell their stories. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we're here and we've mm. been here for a long, long time, time, but no, no one even recognizes kind of us thing. in yeah. that way. So people send me so many family photos on social media. I'll follow hashtags. So for example, um, like Afro-Palestine or Afro-Ecuador, okay. whatever it is, Afro-Cyprus, people will send me. And usually if people have used those hashtags, they're very proud of their blackness. Yeah. And so when I contact them and say, can I speak to you? Can I use your image in my video? Mm -hmm. They want to they're share. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Google Translate's been my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask how many languages do you speak? Um, so I did modern languages at uni. I did French and Spanish, mm -hmm. but like I'm having to send emails in like Russian, Urdu, mm. whatever it is. Um, but yeah, people are really generous in what they share with me because mm. they like kind of entrust their stories mm. to me to tell yeah. them. And I think that's really beautiful. That's mm. yeah. That is really, really cool. So really good. Like yeah. What, like, when, when you find people, like, for example, black people in, in Poland, right? Mm -hmm. What's the experience like over there? In Poland specifically? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What would you imagine it would be like? So this is what I'm saying. So <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, Martin lived there, you know. Huh? Martin lived there. The one who did my contracts. Oh, is it? Yeah, she actually, yeah, she lived there for a while. Mm. I just know on the I know of international students there because mm. they go to study there to be doctors. I know yeah. I've uh -huh. known okay. of a couple. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've heard the experience ain't been that great, mm. especially like in the I guess the big main cities. Yeah, that's yeah. the impression I get. But when you like talk of um, Africans who've been there for generations, mm. in particular villages or, or smaller cities or mm. towns, or whatever, I suspect that they're very to themselves, mm. and they may not necessarily have a bad experience because people are used to them there. I mean, it's not always like, so for example, p taking Poland as the example, I mentioned the Polish general, mm -hmm. um, Jablonowski. I mean, he fought alongside Napoleon Bonaparte. Mm. Like he came from Polish nobility. Mm. Um, there's an acrobat called Miss Lala. She was an, she was an incredible acrobat. She used to hang um, from by her teeth from the ceiling. Wow. And we know her story because, her, do you know the impressionist painter Edgar Degas? No. He's he's um he's a French impressionist painter and she's the only person of color that appears in any of his paintings. Okay. So she was like famous mm. worldwide at that time. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um not all of the stories are negative or yeah. rooted in kind mm -hmm. of oppression or racism, mm -hmm. but I think recently more recently in Poland Black Lives Matter was quite explosive there. Mm -hmm. Oh really? Um, yeah. And there's a an organization called Black is Polish. Specifically, okay. Black Polish, sorry, Black Polish women, and they had a campaign called "Don't Call Me Morjin." And Morjin is, um, I mean, if I can say it, oh yeah, there's Miss Lala on screen. That's her. Mm. Um, if I can say it, then Morjin kind of translates to the word Negro, okay. and so these like the women kind of, and mm. they were campaigning for that word not to be normalized mm. in the Polish language. Mm. They were like, we don't want to be called that. Mm -hmm. And they started this campaign and it got a huge backlash from a lot of Polish people who were like, it's just a word, like, why are mm -hmm. you upset? But it was about them kind of like reclaiming their narrative. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then um, 
yeah, so Black Lives Matter was like big there. And there's one particular family. They have a company called the Porter Foundation. They're an inter they're a interracial um, family, um, African dad, Polish mom, and um, their children. They're like their anti-racism campaigners in Poland. Their children went to school and were experiencing racism as mm. biracial kids. Mm the school was doing nothing to protect the kids. Mm. And so they said, we're going to start doing diversity and inclusion training in schools and anti-racism campaigns in schools. Yeah. So the children learn from young not to, yeah. not mm -hmm. to behave in that way. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's, there's definitely things happening. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, for example, when I first sat down and said, yeah, I'm going to make a video about Poland. I had no idea that any of this yeah, was going on. Yeah. Yeah. But people are, you know, they're, they're defending themselves. They're fighting for what is right. And mm. I think it's really exciting to bring those stories to the fore. That's so mm. cool. Definitely. Definitely. Like, I always find it so fascinating how, like, we only know, this might sound silly, but we only know what's going on in, like, around us. Yeah, yeah. But, like, elsewhere in different parts of the world, mm -hmm. they're, like, they're dealing with things in real time. Yeah. And they yeah. will only know what's going on around them as well. Them, yeah. Like, locally. Yeah. But Black Lives Matter was truly international. Mm -hmm. Like, Estonia, Japan, you name it. Australia, they were, everywhere. Australia, yeah. they were out protesting. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. Is there anywhere that you've... So, do you just, like, be like, mm, I'm going to do one on, like, I don't know, Cyprus, and then check? Or do you have... Are you going through a system or have you got a list that you're going through? Or is it just random? As it's grown, then I feel like the viewers will send me suggestions. Oh, okay. Like, okay. Like, yeah. They'll be like, oh, do Barbados. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, people kind of come forward. And then there's also just places that I'm just intrigued by. Like, yeah. for example, Iran. I was mm. like, what's happening? Black history in Iran. And then I was like, oh my gosh. Like, And I found this organization called the Afro-Iranian Collective. There's all these organizations going on. Yeah. And it was like Black Iranians. That. And I, I, I was like, let's connect. Wow. Like, tell me your story. Let's share. So, yeah, stuff like that. Wow. It's quite random. That's what I always say. It's insulting sometimes when people say stuff like, oh, no one's talking about this and no one's just like, no, nobody that you, you know, know is doing it. But and I feel like that discredits the people that are doing it. Yeah. But they don't have platforms to go it's viral exactly. about something. And then you're like, exactly. oh, no one's talking about it. It's like, no, mm. you're just yeah. not talking about it. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Best belief, before that was Instagram, YouTube, whatever, people were still out campaigning. It's just that they didn't have the global platform yeah. to share it. I feel like it's getting some traction now. Yeah, for sure. Is there anywhere you've searched and it's like limited black history or no black history? Um, yeah. As sometimes Eastern Europe, there's not loads going okay. on. But I don't want to say there's none. It's just yeah. that um, I haven't necessarily read about yeah. it yet. Mm. What and about Argentina? Oh my gosh. Mm. So there's one lady, uh, well, she is called by Argentinians La Madre de la Patria, which means the mother of the homeland. Mm -hmm. And she, her name is um, Maria Remedios del Valle. And she fought in the Argentinian War of Independence. She was a black woman. She was a nurse and a soldier. Mm. Um, she was captured by the Spanish. She was tortured. Her husband was killed in the war. Her son was killed in the war. She never gave up. And um, after the war, she didn't receive her soldier's pension. Mm -hmm. There was a general who was walking past in the street and saw this black woman begging. And he recognized her and he was like, this is a war hero. Like mm -hmm. we have to recognize her. 
And then she was given like um, a captain's pension for the mm. rest of her life. Oh, and I love her story because when you actually deep it, like that was the 1800s and yeah. this black woman, mm. Argentinians are calling her the mother of the homeland. Yeah. But then yeah. when I talk to a lot of Argentinians today, they don't know, they don't know nothing, about, nothing exactly. about her. Exactly. And I'm like, cause they're not taught it. But mm. then I've, I've had conversations with people that they get emotional when they read her mm. story. Mm. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a, a lot of black history in Argentina. Cause I, I asked you that for specifically Argentina because obviously because of yeah their historic was their, that code when I'm picking up on I'm like <laughs> they're whitewashing well, yeah, get they rid of one of them. sometimes call themselves the Europeans of Latin America uh, yeah and um, historically there was a system where European migrants were um, encouraged mm -hmm. to migrate to Argentina it's called Blancamiento which is like a whitewashing mm -hmm. literally to make whiter the Argentinian race mm. wow yeah that's why. That's why I asked you. Yeah, that's yeah. So crazy. Yeah, but there's there's a lot of black history going on in Argentina, mm. and there's a black I feel like community that gets there suppressed today. A lot. Yeah, it does get suppressed. But there was another video where, again, like when I connected with the community, oh, that's, her. that's her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Um, that's another community like, where, where, where when I connected line? with them, they were really? really like eager to share their stories, mm. share their photos, etc. Mm. So yeah, it's so crazy how like. There's some like there's some form of hatred of black people all over the world, everywhere. Yeah, but literally. also, interestingly, that in education around the world, or the curriculum is just trying to erase out black history. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there's a quote that I love, which is until the lion tells his story, the tale of the hunt will always glorify yeah, the hunter. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important for the black community to have agency over their own narratives, yeah. right? Facts. Mm. That's the word. Mm. So earlier this year, you spoke at the um, Obama Foundation. Yes, it's been a big year. That's amazing. It's mm. been a big year. Um, the Obama Foundation, that was, so they have like a leadership program, which mm. they do every year. And they have cohorts from Asia, um, from Africa, from Europe. And they bring people who are excelling in their field and train them in like this leadership program. Okay. And I was invited to speak at their conference in Athens for the Beautiful. African cohort. Sick, sick, yeah. Sick. Good ones, Brent. Yes. Brent. <laughs> how was how was the experience? How did you find it? It was incredible because like when you get an email from the Obama Foundation, mm. I was I don't like, think it was what? spam. I think it was like, was an, like a Nigerian no. uncle somewhere <laughs> playing games with me. <laughs> Um, but to go there was humbling because I felt like I was surrounded by people who were at the top of their mm. game oh. and yet they wanted to hear about this history that they yeah. hadn't necessarily mm -hmm. learned before. And it was because it, it happened in Athens and it was, um, I think it was maybe shortly after the boat had capsized mm. with mm. all of the migrants that were trying to um, get to Athens. Yeah. And so I think it was just kind of like a solemn reminder that there's a lot of work still to be done. But it was also a way to kind of like honor and celebrate the work that is currently happening. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it was incredible. No, I did not see Obama. My auntie was messaging me like, "Did you meet? Obama? Is he there?" <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And that's yeah. In your like research, do you make a distinction, or do you care to make a distinction between black people that moved to these obscure places, and maybe the black people that birthed the people that are seen as the original inhabitants of, the, of these places, if that makes sense. How do you mean? So, for example, you may get some people who believe black people are the original um, people from Mesopotamia, mm -hmm. the, the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, all that, right? Um, do you see people there as kind of coming from black people or do you kind of focus on black people that maybe migrated there over the last couple hundred years? 
if that makes sense? Um, probably the latter. Okay. Um, but again, it's something that I'm kind of learning about, even in this process, like mm. as a historian, I had to really check myself when I first started, even the language and the terminology I was using, like, um, for example, like the first hospital or the first school, it's not, it's mm. the first like European recognized mm -hmm. hospital or school. And so it's about dismantling that framework on the way in which we've been taught to kind of understand mm. Black history mm -hmm. still oftentimes has like a European or a Eurocentric framework. Mm. So I would say it's something that I'm definitely challenging myself on in mm. my work. Um, and terminology as well, like for example, using the word slave versus enslaved. Mm. I will always try to say enslaved African rather than slave mm. because I feel like slave is a noun. It implies that that's the sum of that person's parts. Mm -hmm. Whereas enslaved person recognizes that it's a state of being, mm. but a person is more than that. Like mm -hmm. they're a human being with dreams and aspirations and family the same as us. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, trying to kind of like challenge ourselves on the terminology we yeah. use, mm. I think that's part of the process as well. Mm. I want to ask a question. Yeah, can you tell mm. us a bit about some Black history or Black people that are in Israel? In Israel, sure. Mm -hmm. So is the Afro? Am I walking into a trap here? No. Oh no! Too, too, too. <laughs> no, it's all him. Don't worry. Okay, you good. Um, so the Black population. There's different black populations in Israel, but I'm going to concentrate on one in particular. So the majority of Afro-Israelis, black Israelis, are descended from um, the Beta Israel community in Ethiopia. The Falasha. The, well, uh -huh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're slightly different, but similar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so Beta Israel, they are Ethiopian Jews who have, their communities existed for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Very long, long time. Um, they Tiffany were Hadjish, sorry, um, she claims... Right, yeah. exactly. There we go. Um, they, um, at some point, were facing religious persecution in Ethiopia. There was also famine and civil war. And so the Israeli government agreed to, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't say necessarily repatriate, but to move mm -hmm. the Beta Israel community to Israel because they recognized them as Jewish and Israel being the homeland for the Jewish community. Mm -hmm. So this happened from about the 1970s to the 1990s. Um, thousands, hundreds of thousands of um, Jewish Ethiopians were repatriated to Israel. Now we're at a point where there's been generations of uh, Afro-Israelis, Ethiopian Israelis born in Israel. So they're mm -hmm. born in Israel and they're starting to have their own families now. Um, but there's still been a lot of issues with Ethiopian Israelis being treated as second-class citizens. Mm -hmm. um, the authenticity of their Jewishness being doubted yep. um, mm. compared to Jews from other ethnicities. Mm -hmm. um, there's been police brutality. They were doing BLM before this is it. BLM became mm -hmm. international. Um, so yeah, there's it. I would say there's a long way to go for Ethiopian Israelis, but the majority of of Afro Israelis mm. come from that community. Mm. Is there certain places where they they kind of reside? Because I know there's certain. Um, okay, firstly, yeah. Do you where make is it... this coming from? I feel like there's a backstory. <laughs> <laughs> no, because because um, obviously, as you know, yeah, I, yeah. I just love everything black, right? Mm -hmm. And especially, I guess. Um, the black he Hebrew Israelites, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously you get some of the sex. I get a lot of emails from them. Okay. Mm 
<laughs> so obviously you've, you've got some groups that obviously I don't want to be disrespectful, but certain people will say some of them are weirdos, right? And just makes up make up some quacky stuff here. Yeah? Mm-hmm. But then you get other groups that maybe started around the civil rights time. So like mm-hmm. people who came under um, Prince ICL, right? And who kind of moved and actually were building um, communities in like Damona and places like that. But I know that obviously they're different to the Better Israel. Yeah, very. People, you know what I'm saying? But they are, as far as I understand, they're not Jewish. D- d- exactly. So they're not Jewish. They, I guess they would just say they're Hebrew. Yeah, they believe saying. that um, that is the promised land for black people. Yes. Mm-hmm. But they also believe that they're linked genetically mm-hmm. and that to actual original Hebrews. Yeah, like the lost tribe of this Judah. This is exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm just, yeah, just, just seeing about um, where your research has taken you mm-hmm. concerning those two different groups. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Is there any truth to that for you, I mean... Talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's difficult for me to say. I do get contacted a lot mm-hmm. by them um, because they disagree with maybe the version of events that I've portrayed in my videos. Ah. Mm. I'm always open to a dialogue, but at the same time, I don't know, it's 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 difficult without proof. Do you see what I mean? And it's like, yeah. what do we regard as proof? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a flaw in my own thinking mm-hmm. in terms of like, I'm like, how academic is this argument? But at the same time, um, yeah, it's not necessarily a community that I've like, Mm. engaged with that much well what specifically have they said like you're talking rubbish about um i mean i guess that israel is like the the promised land for black people okay um i mean i don't want to misrepresent Mm-mm. their ethos yeah um go but on, go on <laughs> <laughs> brent's just stirring the pot <laughs> Um, and that the idea is that black people relocate there mm. um, and establish their own nation Okay, okay. So in your videos, you basically not touched on that, or you basically... No, I haven't. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh-huh. To what be honest, she, she did say if it is that there's no empirical evidence, she can't really um, substantiate it. Right? Yeah, of course. And, and why that's not it? wild for you, though. Mm. Not at all. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's limited. It's not limited. Mm-hmm. But he, he doesn't mind, to be honest. He just wants it. Who, me? Sorry? said <laughs> 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 sorry. <laughs> no, but obviously some people just don't believe that the European Jews who are there today are the original inhabitants of the land. Mm-hmm. Besides the whole Palestine thingy, the, these people are from Europe. They've been there for like generations, hundreds of years. So um, you, this is not something to even debate. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're just over there. Anyway, that's, that's just another, another situation. <laughs> um, what, what's it like though, the experience of people, I guess in that same region, but like the black Palestinians now? Mm. Do, do they relate to the Arab Palestinians? Are they persecuted in a similar way to the black Israel um, Israelis? Yeah. Yes. So Afro-Palestinians on the whole have quite an interesting history. There's been waves of migration, but there is um, in Jerusalem is the Al-Aqsa Mosque, mm-hmm. which is considered the third holiest site yeah. in Islam. And um, historically, African pilgrims that came to pray there were invited to be guards and to guard the mosque. Mm-hmm. And in return, they were allowed to stay and given lodgings. And it was seen as like a position of pride, mm-hmm. right? So they, um, these Afro- African Muslim pilgrims that were coming to um, Jerusalem, to this mosque, 
they created families there and established their own community. And so today in Jerusalem, there is an African quarter, mm. which is an Afro-Palestinian kind of enclave. I think there's maybe about 50 families there now. Okay. Um, the population isn't huge, mm. but um, they've been there again for like several generations and they do face persecution. Mm. Um, and From Palestinians? From or from the Israel? Uh, from Israel. Israel, okay. Uh, yeah. And that mosque in particular, I mean, even this year, has mm -hmm. been the site of conflict and violence. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, because they live around that, the mosque, mm. they're kind of disproportionately affected by that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Mm. Okay, okay. Are you <laughs> Something else will come to me. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, what are some of the challenges you face in terms of um, they're just your research proce yeah. process, um, or even just in the in the knowledge and finding out stuff? If I'm being super super honest and yeah. transparent, one of the biggest challenges that I faced kind of internally when I first started this project was, is this as a mixed race person, is this my story to tell? Mm. Okay, and I definitely had. Um, white folk and black folk tell me that it wasn't my place. Um, and I am very, very aware. I know this is polemical, but I'm very, very aware of like the fact that a lot of black history in the UK, in the mainstream media is kind of told by mixed race people. So, mm -hmm. or like, so like Afua Hirsch's mm -hmm. and David Olushoga oh, yeah. and do you know the what color. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of become the commercially like accepted mm -hmm. face of teaching black history to the British public. Mm -hmm. And I was like, am I part of that problem? Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of had to sit with it for a long time because I was like, I love this history and I'm very proud of my African heritage, mm -hmm. but I don't want to be seen to be speaking over mm -hmm. people that maybe have more of a right to tell it than me. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, I was like, I'm going to tell this history as faithfully as I know how to yeah. and within sincerity and integrity and then people can make of it what they yeah, will yeah. so interesting yeah. that's weird for me to hear yeah same because it's part of you know mm -hmm. that's what I'm thinking yeah so it's it's weird I and mean, you're just like researching just like anybody else could research yeah right? and so someone's got to do it there. but people have strong feelings and I understand yeah. that I explain, yeah, but you can explain have... the arguments on either side what would the white say and what would the black say explain it to me um, I mean obviously I did get racist comments as well um, but I don't know things like I was trying to be black or trying to be something that I'm not or you know I don't have a seat at the table basically this is not my story to tell and is this from blacks or from white from both Okay. Yeah, from both. I feel like it's a, bit, it's a bit similar to that um, Rochelle and Michaela, black women in labour type of thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that, yeah. When, when that kicked off. When yeah. that kicked off, because yeah, people were saying that she's, yeah, she's mixed race, you're talking about a black issue. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I do hear that, do you know what I mean? Mm. So I think I had to really sit with myself and be like, is this, you know, is this my vocation? Is this, is this mm. right for me to do? But um, I felt strongly enough about it that, yeah, I, I was like, I'm going to go forward with this and just see where it takes me, essentially. Mm -hmm. Do you know what's interesting? When white people, in white circles, do you, like, how do you think mixed race people are seen? Because in my mind, they're seen as black. Yeah. Like... Do you get what I mean? Mm. White, I'm, the white community is not claiming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Because mm. for me, like, like Brent said, like, for me, I struggle with that just because if some, like, someone's doing something about black history if it was a thing where you were like manipulating what you were reporting or 
trying to monetize off black trauma, mm -hmm. I can get that angle, but you're just finding history in places that we don't even know we exist. Mm. Now, for me, this is such a positive thing to do for, for, for the black community that I wouldn't understand. You can't come at me, if I was mixed race, you can't come at me saying that I'm, I, this is not my story to tell. When you are doing nothing but sitting on your bum telling me it's not my story to tell. Mm -hmm. You're not doing it though. Mm -hmm. You're not doing it. So what do you mean it's not my story to tell? Someone's got to tell the story. Yeah, yeah. That's but I crazy. guess like, like you said though, like, and obviously I applaud you for, for having that self-awareness because it's just acknowledging the fact that a lot of the time those who are outspoken mm -hmm. are mixed race or light skin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It seems like the message can be taken in easier. It's not, you know, a coincidence that the first black president of the United States That's was half white. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so I did have to come in with that type mm -hmm. of self-awareness mm -hmm. and be like, okay, how is this going to be received? And mm -hmm. kind of check myself at the door. But at the same time, yeah, I just felt like, no, I really want to do this. Yeah. And even, because I've seen someone mention in, in, in the chat, Big Up Night for the one drop rule. Because the one drop rule, I, I think I put that aside anyway. I, I don't care about that stuff. But besides that, mixed people have been seen as black from day dot. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Bob Marley. Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass, the great mm -hmm. Frederick Douglass. All of these people. There you go. You know what I'm saying? So, and I don't think people made the distinction. I don't see Frederick Douglass any less. Mm -hmm. I don't see Booker T. Washington any less. You know what I'm saying? So We definitely pick and choose. 100%. We do. Yeah, we 100%. definitely do. In what, in what sense? In the sense where we choose to decide who's, who's mixed, who's mixed yeah. today and who's Obama black, was black today. Obama yeah. was black. I never heard anyone say he's mixed until... I, I'll be honest, I didn't know Obama was mixed until recently. And on this show, TJ just be teaching me things. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get me? I didn't know that because all... It was like, oh, we're going to claim the first black president first. But like, it's mm. like we pick and choose what we want to claim. Yeah. And then, we're, and then where we want to make a distinction. I do feel, though, more in the UK, we do... Um, differentiate between mixed race and black in America. Mm. I feel like it is the one drop rule. You're black, but here yeah. uh, the UK's I think we becoming following them. Though. Oh, is it? Yeah, because yeah, I've always I've always seen mixed race people as black. Is but it? Recent, I've always yeah. seen mixed race people as mixed race. But yeah. I recently I learned. I think it's a generational yeah. thing. Yeah, and I don't want to sound seem controversial, but obviously I've always made a distinction. Mm. Always. Yeah. Um, and. The point that you, because you brought up the point of white people don't claim mm. us. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, I'm on the side of, okay, because white people don't claim, does that automatically mean that black people should? should. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to be rude. No, please. no. Don't yeah. take it as any kind of no, no, disrespect. Um, because I, I seem to get pushback when I feel like there should be a distinct a distinction made. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. To be fair, mm -hmm. I, I, I've I always made it. I've always yeah. made a distinction between black, mixed, race, white. I never thought that. I've I just never. Always. My man, you're like, yeah. You got black in you, and you've but, got white in you. I feel like if you were more white, if you're more in tune with your, mm. do you know what's funny? If you're more in tune with your white culture, I would say you're mixed. But if you're mm. not, I would just say you're black. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've, so it's a. It's a it's when you decide. That's and that's. Yeah, but I rarely meet mixed. The mixed people that I've known have always been in tune more with their black side, like as in that they know more of that culture, and that's more the culture they're loud and proud about than their white side. Because I even feel so like it's, it's a bit. 
I don't like that. I, I don't. I don't want to disregard a whole exactly. half of you at the at the same time. Yeah. Like that's what I had to learn. And that's yeah. That's saying you are one. You're not. So that's what I had to learn because I remember on um, No Shade we had. Um, What's her name? Daisy Daisy from KISS. She's a KISS FM um, produ- um, sorry, presenter. And we had her. She's mixed race, right? And we had her. And we were talking about, at the time, we were talking about colorism and stuff like that. And I was I was so intrigued to know what her experience is. Because obviously we hear colorism, but we always hear from black women's perspective. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to know what it's like from your perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, because you would have dealt with colorism and you would have dealt with racism and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And she had, even yeah. within her family, she had, do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that conversation. Family, that's where it starts. Yeah. 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 She was it's saying, exhausting. Yeah. She was saying. And it was that conversation that made me realize that when I see a mixed person and I just say they're black, I'm actually disregarding their, like, their white culture, like, mm-hmm. white heritage. Mm-hmm. So that did make me, make me think. I've just avoided the conversation ever since though, but <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you, I think with me, I've definitely picked um I pick and choose over the years. Hundred percent. Because <laughs> and it's not even a conscious thing, because I feel like in certain circles, I feel like people who are mixed race can't relate to me like another black person mm-hmm. can. And I just feel like that's just the case, period, right? But at the same time, when I look at history, and we've had this conversation before, and I was like, but I can't see Frederick Douglass as less black than me. I can't, I can't. Is that because of what he does? I'm not saying less black than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because he was an abolitionist and he's one of my heroes too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And and Booker T. Washington. Yeah, he's not one of my heroes. I I can see him as Matrix. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm saying I pick and choose. Me, I just make it what it is. Yeah, I call it what it is. And I've always get pushback because I'm of the belief that. Black, black. If you're if you're mixed race, then you're mixed race. I don't think there's any shame in that. No, it's not a shame. Not like, all, or yeah. there's anything to like, oh, like. You shouldn't should have be, to like, choose. Push, you shouldn't have to make back. a choice anyway. Yeah, yeah. Choice. yeah. 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 like. But, but remember, all of this is fake anyway. Black, white, all of this is fake. It's a social construct. Like, construct. Yeah. 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 It's a social construct. Yeah. yeah. Even it's, I ain't got time for this. It's, it's fake, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is, right? Yeah. So. Like surely the lines are going to blur in different situations mm-hmm. because it's just down to perception. How many people do you see across the world and say, oh, yeah, that person's black? And they ain't black. Like, they tell you afterwards, yeah, I'm mixed or, or I'm this or yeah, I'm even from Sri Lanka. Our very own Marks was mixed race. You know what I'm saying? My concern, to bring it back to the original question, yeah. was yeah. that I do feel, I mean, I know we're getting polemical here, but mm. I feel like there's a certain amount of, like, maybe, I don't want to say gatekeeping, but I feel like mm. in the British mainstream, the majority of black history content that we see on TV yeah. is put forward by people of yeah. mixed heritage. Mm. And I do think that that should change. But then also, am I kind of an in, a cog in that instrument? Do you know what mm. I mean? Like mm-hmm. being a, a biracial person. So do you see what the kind of yeah. in- do you dilemma? Think that, that do you think that's had? deliberately pushed? How do you mean? Do you think that's a deliberate thing? Yeah, I think it would be that. more digestible for white people to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it doesn't. It, it don't get a jump scare. Yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, that could be my son or my daughter. This is it. Yeah, polemical, expressing or cons- constituting a strongly critical attack on or controversial. Opinion about someone or something. You use it twice, and I didn't know what you were talking about, so I had to. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, controversial yeah. opinion, divisive opinion. Mm. Yeah, I'm not trying to kind of like stir stuff up, but I mean, that was just generally one of the things that I had to have but a conversation with yeah. myself about in the beginning. And definitely people, you know how people I mean, are in the comments. What's his, um, sorry, 
Colin Kaepernick faced that though. Jesse mm. Williams faced that. Mm. Mm. You know, because he was they might have mixed fighting yeah. the good fight. Hmm? They might have mixed. Oh, so you make, so that you're choosing there? Wait, 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 wait. What's Kyrie? Kyrie's a black man. Kyrie's a black. First, need to calm down. Kyrie's black. Is he black, black, or is he? No, he's fully black. He's black. Okay, fully black. Okay, I thought you meant. I thought he's mixed, but in this, you're saying he's black. He's Hebrew black. That's right. Enough. We're gonna flag the video. No, but like 100%, I, I get it. And again, mm-hmm. I, I applaud you being um, aware of that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I not obviously want to just add to it. But at the same time, like Esther said, you're the person who's doing the work. Yeah. And in certain settings, you are seen as black and no difference to any of us in the room. Mm-hmm. So you should have a voice like all of us in the room. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Especially if that voice is coming to us. We should receive it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And again, I feel like everyone's learned something here today. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> yeah. I think what I like sometimes is when the individuals uh, who believe that they have privilege, like yourself, um, are aware that there are other um, voices that may know uh, more about you on a subject. And then when it is that you invite it onto that particular platform, mm-hmm. you kind of, you know, celebrate them or highlight them mm-hmm. and then tell the people, hey, next time, get this person on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they might be black, 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 black. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm with you. So that, that I like. I like mm-hmm. when it is people like mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. does that. Yeah. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Mm. And that was very important for me when I was doing the Black History Tours. Yeah. I was only there really as a facilitator. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, um, people that are coming from the UK, from the States to engage with black communities in Latin America, they're going to meet the community elders. They're going to meet the activists, the artists, whoever. And I will just be there to facilitate and to yeah. translate. Mm. My voice doesn't need to be heard mm. other than that. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's definitely about kind of knowing your place. Yeah. Have yeah. a seat at the table, but know your place within the that. room. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's really good. That's really sick. Yeah. What do you do as a, I mean, obviously I know I've got the notes here, but what do you do your day job? Like your day job. So I'm assistant producer. Nice. Um, I specialize. <laughs> I specialize in documentaries and sick. actually for the past year, factual podcasts. Sick. Nice. Okay. Is there any you can tell us about? Um, so earlier this year, I worked on a, again, quite a divisive series called African Queens. Okay. Yeah. Um, executive produced by the one and only Jada Pinkett Smith. Love oh that. <laughs> Big up, where's the horns for Jada? <laughs> is, that, is that like, is that divisive? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was I'm, divisive for different I'm, reasons. I'm, You're right. <laughs> what the hell are we doing here? I'm only going to watch it because you're in both. <laughs> <laughs> on Netflix. Yes. Not, yeah. First of all, he's watching it because it's women black women. Yeah, so Jada. What black women? What black women? I have heard about it. I have heard about it. Black yeah. women. But I didn't <laughs> know it was really divisive. <laughs> well, there was two seasons. I worked on the first season, which was about Queen Jinger of Angola. That's the so best that was season. incredible, yeah. The second season was about Cleopatra, um, yes. which in transparency I didn't work on, but it was divisive because the actress that they got to play Cleopatra was half black Let's and this, yeah, yeah we took a lot on here a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people um, that were happy yeah. with yeah. that portrayal yeah. of her being portrayed as a half black woman I'm mm-hmm. so glad you brought it up yeah go on mm. what would you say about that why are you going to do this to me no, do, do you know why do you know why yeah <laughs> but just, just for like historical context yeah mm-hmm. Cleopatra was Cleopatra because so, she, she, she certainly wasn't full black, mm-hmm. like us. She no. 100% wasn't, right? So, yeah. 
but the, the the concern that was expressed was to even suggest that she was half black. Exactly, that's true. That's true. So I just feel as though when, um, yeah, the I mean, who was she played? She's been played historically by so many whites. Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth that was Taylor. the main one. Yeah, uh-huh, exactly. Actresses, and there wasn't. As far yeah. as white people. Same, yeah, condemnation. Of course there wasn't condemnation. Exactly. <laughs> so then for this, I don't know, it kind of, it was is quite she white? shocking. See, that's uh, the debate. That's the debate, isn't it? She's isn't she? Yeah. But then there was... She's from a Greek uh, yeah, family. She's from the Ptolemaic dynasty. Oh, she's... Okay. There was... But obviously, the, um, Mesopotamia like had trade links with Africa at that mm-hmm. time, and there was potentially some evidence to suggest that she did have sub-Saharan African heritage. Mm which was why they made the editorial decision to have her portrayed by a, a, a mixed race, half black. So who was, who was angry? The white, white people or black people? Egyptian. Okay. But them people there, yeah. In fact, let me, let me talk. Yeah, this has been a great I mean, episode. I don't, I feel like. <laughs> this is not your fault. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm going to talk now. Right? Okay, okay. <laughs> reason why I'm saying it, because the Egyptian for the longest while, yeah, they keep talking about the portrayal of black people um, as pharaohs, the people who, the, who were the architects of the, of the pyramids and things of that nature. To this day, none of the <laughs> Egyptians, right, have come out with proof to show that they are the original people of that land. To this day. Um, I believe it was the great Sheikh Ante Diop and his, oh, what's his, what's his I don't want to say protégé, but somebody he worked alongside, do you know his name? No. Um, it's going to come back to me. They were challenged. So this was under the whole UNESCO project that they were doing about the black history um, around the world, right? But, um, mainly in um, Africa. And there was this ongoing debate because everyone had the fact that this man, Sheikh Anta Diop, um, was speaking and providing proof, scientific proof, anthropological proof that the people who built the pyramids, the pharaohs, especially when we're talking about the Old Kingdom, Middle Kingdom, were black people, black mm-hmm. African people, right? And they were obviously upset like they are today. And they were given the opportunity to have a debate. Last minute, they've all cancelled except for Sheikh Antony who came with his evidence. He, and, and basically, and what was at stake was that this particular narrative would be in the books, in the UNESCO um, book, right? Which you can get, by the way. Um, and which will be like the official history of, of, of the land, pretty much, right? And yeah, all of them flopped. Sheikh Antony presented the um, evidence and everyone agreed that what he's saying is the authority on what it is. Mm. They had the opportunity to talk and represent themselves. But... They're just not the original people. They're Arab people who came long after. So I don't understand what the, what the issue is. But anyway, yeah. that's just my something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, either way, people had strong feelings about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was incredible to work on that series. So I was working on the season about Queen Jinga of Angola. Mm. And it was so nice because um, we were filming on location in South Africa. I came back to the UK and I was driving home from um, Heathrow Airport in, in the Uber. And um, I was talking to the Uber driver and he was like, ah, oh, do you know what my daughter's name is? And I said, what? And he was like, Jinga. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Like moments like that are just amazing. Moments like that. Do you feel like that's coincidence or do you feel like that's the ancestors assuring you about what you're doing? Reassuring felt, you? that, it, that's how it felt to me in that moment. Because that's what it was. It felt like a full circle <laughs> moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful, man. That's yeah. beautiful. Mm. Awesome. When obviously we we're looking um, about information, right? And I can see you got it right there. You've written a book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Please tell us about this powerful book. Which one book. is my camera, Brent? Yeah. So I wrote a, <laughs> um, a book called the Afro Encyclopedia, and it's available on Amazon. 
Um, and essentially what it is, is similar to my videos, I go by country and just talk about like black history in each place. So I don't know if you can kind of see there, mm. but just like I'll just go kind of by uh, country oh, nice. and it's fully illustrated and talk so, about, yeah. Um, yeah, like black history, black people, how they came to be there and then shout out some important individuals that did amazing things. And it's just the kind of book that I would have loved to have read when mm. I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, to be, be like, oh my gosh, like black, black people in South mm. Korea, you know what I mean? Or wherever yeah. it is. Um, and just bring it all together. So it's kind of like, I guess, like a starter pack for people that mm -hmm. are curious about the global African diaspora. And it literally covers Asia, the Middle East, Europe, the Americas, um, Caribbean. So yeah. People get that book, please. Support <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Support it, hundred percent. I'm Thank definitely you. getting that book. And yeah. Thank you. How long did it take you to 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 make to to compile and? Um, it was probably about a year in the making, of okay. just because I work full time, so it was really just in my free time, kind of like reading, researching, bringing it together. Mm. Um, it was a bit of a labor of love, but she's here now. <laughs> <laughs> and can people get that anywhere apart from Amazon, or does it have to be like an Amazon? At the moment, it's on Amazon because it's print on demand. Okay, um, cool. But okay, yeah, that's where you can find it. That's really cool. Okay. okay. What do you enjoy most about what you do? I think make connections like this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah getting to be in the room and to meet new people and share these stories and like the kind of excitement that I see in your eyes when yeah. you learn something new. Yeah. And that's exactly how I feel when I come across this information. Yeah. So really like to see the light in our eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to see people like light up and be inspired and learn. <laughs> You're such a nuisance. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I really enjoy the most. I love that. Obviously how, like, sorry, the girl. I was going to ask, how do you, in in doing your research, mm -hmm. what's the process of authentication? Like, how do you verify the research? Mm -hmm. um, so I usually try and find like um, at least two sources, like credible sources. That w especially when it comes to statistics, I say the same thing. Mm. A lot of it is talking to people on the ground as well, because sometimes like government statistics or official statistics aren't necessarily fully reflective of what the situation is mm. on the ground. Um, so talking to people who are part of that community as well and like oral testimony is also really important. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I was going to ask you, because obviously, like you said, um, you've got a day job and you're doing this as well. How can people help to, to help um, push and further freedom as man? Oh, um, follow on Instagram okay. <laughs> um, at freedom is mine official on all the major social platforms. Freedom um, Freedom is mine official. Um, yeah, follow and um, just spread the word, really. Mm. Like, even in Black History Month, people share the content mm. and then people will message me and be like, oh, you know, I, I saw this and whatever. And it just really helps to get the word out. So mm. it's probably the cool. best way. Can we donate as well? Can, like, people... You can if you okay. <laughs> so choose. <laughs> okay, so how, how do we do that? Like um, On the Instagram account, um, oh, if you okay. go to the link, then there's, a, there's one of the options is donation. Okay, cool. Beautiful. Also, I was going to ask, do you do like tours like in this country? No. Yeah. So okay. at the moment, tours are on hold okay. um, just because it, I had to kind of shut everything down. Pre Since COVID. Yeah. Mm. And then to get it going again logistically was just more than I could manage at the time. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely love to start doing tours. And I also, if I can very quickly shout out, there's a lady called um, Martinique Lewis. Okay. She's the president of the Black Travel Alliance in the United States. Mm. And she has a book called the ABC Green Book. 
and you can buy that again on Amazon. And literally, it's a book that wherever you travel in the world, you yeah. can connect with black communities. Oh, wow. So it's got a list of like black owned businesses. If you want to oh. get your box braids in Singapore, she'll oh. tell you where to go. That's love that. you want to get love your that. rice and peas right wherever, she'll tell you where to go. And like it's um, the book is literally she go. It's kind of the flip side to what I do historically. She does yeah. culturally goes by country and connects you with black businesses. So it's called yes, the ABC it. Travel Green Book. It's also an app, app, okay. a book. Mm. Follow her on Instagram. She's always doing amazing things. That's amazing. Okay. I'm just trying to find it. Oh. ABC Travel. Okay, <laughs> that, um, Martin travel, travel Green Book. No, the when you mentioned prior, oh. is that separate? Afro-Latino yeah. Travel, yeah. So they're still going? They're still going, okay. yep. If you want to do a Black History Tour in Latin America, check out Afro-Latino Travel. Okay. okay. Um, do you know when you're going to start doing yours? Oh, I don't know. That's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, but I would like to soon. And for example, like the Black History Tour that I was doing in Peru mm. was the first one that okay. had ever been done. The Peruvian Tourist Board is really not putting in money to... Mm. They're not to curate black history tours in Peru. And so I want to do that kind of thing in Turkey, in India. I had people in Mexico reach out to me. So the plan in the next, I would say, five years is to really like build those tours and start facilitating those. Do you get government pushbacks on the places you go to? Not in my experience, but you just don't get government support. Yeah, okay. Uh You date black? Do I date black? Yeah. Of course. Just checking. <laughs> <laughs> when she did all of that and she said, no, what well, people are going to be like, oh, no, nope, can't listen to her now. That was such a left field question. <laughs> it's Brent. That's what Brent. do you expect? <laughs> That's Brent. It's Brent. True to Brent. So you've been to um, a couple islands in the Caribbean? Yeah, I What's, lived for a while in Dominican Republic. Okay. Um, I was in Cuba for a bit and I was in Puerto Rico. Have you ventured over to the proper side of the Caribbean? I have not yet. Right. Is that true, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually like my side, baby. on my bucket list. But then uh, the problem is the prices just go up yeah, and up yeah, yeah, yeah. around mm. Carnival. Yeah. How do you feel like, like what's going on with Haiti and Dominican Republic right now? Yeah. Um, I'm getting all the difficult questions. Do you know what? Do you know what? It's the, it's the black can. reps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that way they giving you love and light. On this yeah, side. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is a really good question. There is a lot of tension mm. between Haitians and Dominicans, yeah. mm-hmm. even now. And Haitians on the whole in Dominican Republic are not treated with the same. They're not mm. regarded no. in the same way. No. I've seen people be in a restaurant and just be denied service. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, it, it, mm. there's still a lot of tension. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to wade into it too much because I know that Dominicans kind of have this reputation of not necessarily embracing their blackness. Mm -hmm. That is not true. I've met a lot of Dominicans that lean into it proudly. Um, But on the whole, historically, there is a lot of tension between the two countries. And obviously they share an island um, and a border. So, yeah. Mm. And Haiti's closed that Mm. currently. They've said. What didn't help is that I think it was for about 22 years, um, Haiti colonized Dominican Republic. Mm. So, Dominican Republic's Independence Day is actually celebrating independence from Haiti. From Haiti. Mm. Mm. So, there's still that resentment. That tension, that, the, yeah, yeah, the residual runs, tension. Runs yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Do you feel like, like there's a, a conscious effort to keep, by other nations, to keep Haiti down? Conscious effort. Yeah. Do you mean because kind of like socio-politically? Exactly. 
Potentially. Um, I mean, you already spoke about the debt that they had to mm -hmm. repay to France. Yeah. Um, I think that was definitely a factor. It, it is a really politically unstable mm -hmm. country. And presidents historically have been, you know, assassinated mm. all over the place. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's, a diff it's difficult for me to say. What do you think? I think 100%. Yeah, I think the, the 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 nation that obviously like like we spoke about yesterday, that was responsible for abolishing slavery, mm -hmm. the most successful insurrection ever, mm -hmm. the greatest revolution ever, everything in Haiti amongst black people who didn't compromise about their freedom, and then like, I think it means something to them to make sure that this particular co country, which could be a symbol yeah. of independence yeah, for yeah. everyone around I the world, I believe so, yeah, like must be suppressed to show who's yeah. they're you know paying the price still now. Yeah. I feel like for that. Who was the last president um, to be assassinated? Was it Aristide? Wasn't it? Um, they didn't. Wasn't it Colombian mercenaries or something that they found? There you go. Yeah, there there's so go. much international. Aristide, inter what am I talking about? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Oh, I thought um, the Americans were involved in. Wow, that. lots of. They, they probably were. They probably. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can't put it past them. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame. Is it? Has it been kind of traumatic? Um, in your journey through. Like research, 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 mm. research, and how do you how do you manage that? And what do you do outside of, like, kind of besting Emmanuel with the knowledge? <laughs> <laughs> um, has it been traumatic? Yes, definitely. I think one of the things I found most harrowing is images. Mm. Um, images of black trauma really seem to stick with me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the thing that counters that is that I really do try to lean into like um, black joy and triumph as well and yeah. tell stories where people have kind of come out on top yeah. Um, and, and yeah, kind of diversify the narrative a bit and be like, you know, people have done amazing things and achieved amazing things and let's lean into that too. And how do I decompress? Um, watching levity so watching things that make me laugh make me smile yeah. and to be honest i'm not even just saying this i literally love this show Aww. like in a venn diagram of things that i like like um <laughs> black culture and current affairs it's like perfect <laughs> oh thank you babe so yeah who's your favorite that. i appreciate that who's my other favorite? than banksy obviously <laughs> <laughs> next question can you imagine that means it's not esther <laughs> <laughs> And he even had cheeks say he couldn't control himself, he just came out. We need to have a meeting after this. Oh my goodness. But no, listen, you've been an amazing, amazing guest. I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing. I want you back. You Aww. have to come back. 100%. Well, thank you guys for having me. Yeah. But as you know, we ask our guests questions, mm -hmm. um, two questions. Um, so if you let us know, please, something that nobody knows about you and also your biggest life lesson. Um, something nobody knows about me. I have to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I don't know if it's, some, it's something that not many people know. Yeah. Mm. I have a lot of tattoos. Oh, really? And I have like a full back tattoo. I would my, never have thought so. Yeah. I got my stomach and my chest as well, but the back tattoo is the biggest one. Yeah, most people don't know that. What's and the most that like, Sorry, what's the most interesting tattoo you have since we're here? You won't like it, Esther. What is it? It's a moth. Oh girl, okay. Explain that. Why not say butterfly? You know, I'm fine. Not your favorite. Moth. 
What? What made you go with that first? Well, I did ask for a butterfly, and then <laughs> when it was please. done, no. <laughs> when it was done, I was like, oh, something's not quite right. Is it a big one or a small one? Please it's, have a small one. No, it's just big. Wow. Yes. What did you get this done? Nigeria, is it? In Colombia. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> don't do Nigeria like that. Now go, you know. <laughs> and then biggest life lesson. I think there's a quote that I love. I don't even know who's the originator of it. It mm. might be Arthur Ashe, okay. um, tennis player. Um, but it's start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. Mm. Oh, I love that. Mm. And I think it's applicable to so many things yeah, in life. Yeah, start yeah. where you are, use what you have, do what you can. Mm. Yeah, for real. I love yeah. that. Mm. That's really cool. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, guys. No, I was just going to say, um, remember you just mentioned about the, the last president that was assassinated. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say his name is Yovanel Moyes. And he was assassinated on 7th of July, 2021. Yeah. Was he from? Yeah, man. Um, Haiti. Haiti. Haiti, uh, president. Haiti. Yeah. 7, 20, in 1721? His, in no, 2021. Oh, it in his house. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, in his house. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's why they say it was an inside mm-hmm. yeah. job. Yeah. yeah, his wife was also shot multiple yeah. times. No way. She survived, though, didn't mm-hmm. she? Yeah. Yeah, thankfully. She survived. She survived, but yeah. her husband died. And you're right, it was um, a group of 28 foreign mercenaries, mostly Colombians. Mm. That burst into his house to do yeah. that? Yep. Yeah. They keep security as well because right. I, I heard I apparently mean, security was in on it. Probably. Involved. Probably. Yeah. So this is what they do, man, to people that want, you know, the better man yeah, of, of this is the problem. I'm to you. It's, it's not coincidence. That's crazy. It's not, coincidence. it's not on your Instagram feed, the back tattoo. I've oh. Not, I've not seen it. <laughs> That's why he would be Brent Sagombi. <laughs> Would be? That's why it's something that not a lot of people know. <laughs> Thank you very much. I thought, I love that. I thought it was the big one on your back. Yeah, there, there's a big one on my the back. Biggest one? Yeah, it's the biggest one. Okay. <laughs> the biggest one's not the moth, is it? No, oh. no. Oh, the biggest gosh. one is, is on my back. Oh, okay. Yeah. You still have to say what it is, but yeah. I'll, I'll push. <laughs> <laughs> How much it comes next time? She'll feel more and more and more. <laughs> you think she's leaving here? <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh, what is happening? Friend, are you all right? <laughs> All right. Well, thank uh, you guys. <laughs> no, honestly, thank you so much. No, for thank you me. for joining us. We really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Um, we really appreciate very it. Very so much. Very love it. And I like history. So to learn actual about black history, yeah. history, yeah. proper black history. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get any exactly. other questions. Right. So we got a couple. We know now. We know stuff now. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Definitely, we get in the book. <laughs> exactly. Also, yeah, I think we should do a one for you. Because I, w- I want you to be on a leaderboard. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. You have to be, actually. You want You're to right. Get you back. No, 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 too. No, no, too. Of course. Like, I, I want you to be high up there, man. I said, let me. Here we go. I'm oh, sorry, um, Chrissy, pass me the iPad for a second. Okay. Get, you, get you up. Ren, is it an iPad or a laptop? What the hell is this? Uh, it's an iPad, but obviously I've got the keyboard attachment. Oh, breaking now, child. Yeah. <laughs> I do all my meetings on there. Really? Your life on it. Oh, you have to ask Ren for his password. Um, okay, well, this is okay. <laughs> Just type Make in. Make me work up in here. <laughs> Get those steps in. Thank you very much. Another? Don't show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do the questions correctly, though, because. <laughs> 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 you my book. Think up my voice to talk. Nah, first of all, wait, yeah, first, wait, like wait, 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 wait. <laughs> when I've done the water. questions, I've actually done it correctly. So what are you lot talking about here? Do you know what's uh, kidding me? Yeah. You lot. First of all, <laughs> no, no, no. no, Chris, I'm, I'm a tag, I'm a, I'm a tag in. 
First of all, you're the producer of the show. You break these damn questions that sometimes you be asking what order to go in. <laughs> because don't do Christy like that. Because you like don't know, innit? You don't, don't know what? <laughs> <laughs> don't do Christy like that, please. I'm only joking, I'm only joking. All right. We'll start with you, Christy. Is that all right? No, it's not. <laughs> no, let's start with you, producer. <laughs> let's start with you. All right, cool. All right, you ready, girl? I'm ready. All right. All right. Two, one. Texting or calling? Texting. Matoke is a dish from what country? Us. Who is current Deputy Prime Minister of the UK? Writing or reading? Reading. What country did Amapiano originate from? South Africa. Which country is known as the land of the rising sun? Jamaica. Healthy food or junk food? Healthy food. What African country does Daniel Kaluuya originate from? Uganda. What is the capital of Australia? Canberra. Weights or calisthenics? Calisthenics. What Afrobeats artist has more vowels in his name than consonants? Pass. How many twos are in one zero zero Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Too many. Blue, blue, red or green? (laughs) Red. Alright. What Jamaican artist would you find in every cinema? Popcorn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. First of all, yeah. Oh, sorry. You beat me back. First of all, I'm not pissing me off. I stood beside you. I stood beside you. You know, you got him. He's right. I apologize, man. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Can you imagine? Do you want to read the number right? I know. It's a bracket. You done. You done really well. I you, know, you right? did well, actually. Mm-hmm. What was it that you didn't get? Um, didn't get a deputy prime minister because all I kept thinking was Suella Braverman. I couldn't get her ah. out of my head. Yeah, but I didn't know we had a deputy. I'll be so honest with <laughs> you. Quiet. I found out right now. I didn't know there was a runner-up to the position. Yeah, I can't I, didn't know, you're a prime I didn't know. I did not know that <laughs> I that position was you. even there. <laughs> we have a deputy prime minister yeah, in this country. Yeah, yeah. Oliver Dowden. So, so that always been the case. Rishi yeah, yeah. was the figgy. Remember yeah. we had um, Rayab before. Dominic Rayab. Yeah. I thought it was like a home secretary guy. Yeah. No, he had two posts though. Oh. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Currently, yeah, yeah, yeah. What at the same time? So I did not know that. He was the deputy, and he was the something else. Yes, wow. he's, he's a greedy man because there's they, they could have they could have hired more people. Well, I was today years old when I found yeah, out. Literally, <laughs> literally. That's yeah. we'll skip that one. That's okay. But matoke <laughs> is a dish from Uganda, mm-hmm. and then the country that is known as the land of the rising sun is Japan. Japan, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Kaluuya, I think you got that right. Uganda? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And you got the Australian one right as well. And Afrobeat artist Ashake. We need to look up more Afrobeat artists. Yeah. Do you know why I've left that there? Because no one gets it right. No, guess why? Yeah, that's true. That's why. But we need someone to give us a. I know. In my mind, I was trying to count like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and whatnot. All right, well, you are on the leaderboard, definitely. Oh, anyway, thank you. but thank you so much, darling, for coming and joining us. Yes. And the page, your Instagram page is, is Freedom Is Mine official. Freedom Is Mine official. Yeah. And the book titled again, please. It's the Afro Encyclopedia. That's right, and it's on Amazon, mm-hmm. ready for purchase. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Support people. I'm Absolutely. saying, like, you've learned a lot here. Make sure your kids learn as well, man. And your wives and your husbands and everything. That's a very... Yeah, no, that's... You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm getting that today. Teach the babies. Yeah, 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 yeah man. 100%. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, man. Love that. All right. Should we do our last headlines for today? Yes. You staying with us? Can if... Yes. Yeah. Good. All right, so our next headline, trigger warning here. 
Ah, remember that situation with um, Alec Baldwin? The one that they use a prop to shoot somebody? Yes. Back in the news, man. So special prosecutors are seeking to recharge him. Okay. Yes. But I thought he... Like, exactly. Case. That's what yeah, I thought. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but now the special prosecutors are coming. Not the regular prosecutors. <laughs> the wow. special ones. Yeah. He must so, have wronged somebody somewhere. Where? Yeah, man. So New Mexico-based prosecutors, Kerry Morrissey and Jason Lewis, said that they'll present their case to the grand jury within the next two months, noting additional facts, right, have come to light in the shooting on the set of the film Rust that killed Helena, or Helena pardon me, Hutchins. So Baldwin, who's a co-producer of the film, was pointing a gun, for those who don't know, at Hutchins during a rehearsal inside of a rustic chapel on the movie set ranch near Santa Fe when the gun went off. This happened last year. No, it's 2021, you know, October yeah. 21st. Wait a minute. This is our second October doing TDA. Can't be. Yeah, it is. We had one last year. You knew exactly what I was thinking. Do you know? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Because you know how I remembered as well? Big up, Mr. Lucy. It's his birthday today. I said, I told this man happy birthday last year. On the same platform. Yeah. Yes. Wow. TDA, listen, we are. Two mm. years, baby. Wow. Mm. All right. Yeah. So, yes. Baldwin has said that he pulled the hammer, but not the trigger. And the gun fired, right? So, attorneys for Baldwin said that the latest move by prosecutors is misguided. Authorities have not specified exactly how live ammunition found its way on set and into the 45 caliber revolver made by the, an Italian company that specializes in 19th century reproduction. So they specialize in making these fake guns, right? But nobody knows how the live ammunition got in it. Unfortunately, the filming of Rust, well, no, not unfortunately, but anyway, the filming of Rust resumed this year um, in Montana under a, a new agreement with a cinematographer's widower, uh, widow, yeah, um, Matthew Hudgens who um, they actually made an executive producer of the film. And the next headline, again, this is <laughs> a continuation of something that we spoke about the other day. Was it a walk or jog? I think, yeah, I think it was a walk or jog. But anyway, you know Captain Tom? Mm -hmm. Yes, his daughter and that whole situation. Yeah. So the Captain Tom Foundation is likely to close down following an investigation into its management. Um, a hearing to decide the fate of an authorised spa <laughs> at his daughter's home has been as basically... Um, yeah, they're deliberating over the situation, basically. So the organization, which was founded in June of 2020 in honor of Captain Sir Tom Moore, after he shot to fame by doing sponsored laps of his garden during the COVID pandemic, is currently being investigated by the Charity Commission. The admission um, was made at an appeal launched by Miss Ingram Moore and her husband against an order to demolish a building in the grounds of their £1.2 million house in Bedfordshire. The pair were originally granted permission to build an L-shaped structure in their garden in 2021, with their plans stating the site would be used partly in connection with the Captain Tom Foundation and its charitable objectives. That was the purpose of it, right? However, last year, they submitted a retrospective application for a larger C-shaped building containing a spa pool, along with kitchen, a kitchen and toilets, plural, right? Um, the new application was rejected by the Central Bedfordshire Council, which then served as an enforcement notice demanding the now unauthorised building to be demolished. The Charity Commission first launched a probe in March of 2021 into Captain Tom's foundation accounts, which showed in its first year, 160,000 was given away in charitable grants, whilst 240,000 was spent on management and fundraising costs. Remember, we were saying she pays herself like 100-something thousand a year mm -hmm. to, to, to run that um, charity. Mm -hmm. The watchdog expanded it to a statutory inquiry in June of last year after becoming concerned about arrangements between a charity and a company that was linked to the couple. 
This summer, the foundation stopped taking money from donors after council chiefs issued the demolition order. So Tom, for those you don't know or don't remember, raised £38.9 million for the NHS, including gift aid by walking 100 laps of his garden before his 100th birthday at the height of the first national lockdown in April of 2020. He was knighted by the late Queen during the unique open-air ceremony at Windsor Castle in summer of 2020. And he passed away in June, sorry, February of 2021. And like we heard last week, I believe, she confessed to misappropriating the funds. Just been putting it in, in her back pocket, man. In real life. These people. But anyway, that's it for the headlines. Time to so pay the bills. Mm. I've, you guys didn't... I thought um, there was something happened in America mm. about like a hate crime against the Palestinian oh, American. Palestinian, yes. Mm. Trigger warning. Sorry. Yes. Um, uh, the, the landlord stabbed her. Her multiple times, but killed her actual son. And the son, yeah. The son was what, six years old or Six something? years old. Yeah. Mad. What the hell? Yeah, and apparently he blamed it on um, the media, right? Yeah, because he said he was watching the TV and just mm-hmm. obviously all the news has been dominated mm-hmm. by obviously what's going on. Yeah, and apparently that's what made him go yeah. on. So he knocked on the door. Because Biden opened. told him to go and, <laughs> erect, go and get rid of people, <coughs> isn't it? He needs to lock him under the jail. Yeah, exactly. Mad. What a sicko. Now... She's and then her poor son's dead. It's a waste. Yeah, I'll tell him sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so all right. Well, let's get into the reaction. All right. Here are your sports scores. No, what is it? Football. Football scores. Yes. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. to be annoying. Okay. Can we add a bit more something to this? So when you say the scores, yeah. Yeah. Fida tells us a little something about one of the countries. Ooh. On the spot. A little factoid. Okay, let's do it. Well, Colombia and Ecuador didn't try at all. They <laughs> they just nobody scored. So any facts about those two losers you can tell us about? <laughs> like a black history fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Colombia has a black town called San Basilio de Palenque. Okay. And they were um which was a settlement founded by escaped enslaved Africans mm. and up until a couple of decades ago they didn't even speak Spanish they have their own language oh, wow. when you go there you will literally think that it's like a marketplace in Kinshasa <laughs> like, wow. yeah yeah so, San Basilio okay. de Palenque check it out mm. okay. beautiful Uruguay scored 2-0 to Brazil well, against, um, against Brazil <laughs> against Brazil <laughs> that's what I thought was implied Brazil didn't try yeah, you guys got two. Brazil got two. <laughs> well, I have to consult my own book. I love that. Exactly. Look at the book. L- look. Um, no, I can't do this for <laughs> <laughs> Why? Just read the hey, Uruguay the section. There's a section in Uruguay. Right. Yeah. Get the book. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, I'm away all the goodies from the book. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Get the book. That's really exactly. true. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Argentina scored two. Peru scored zero. Hate to see it. And in the international front, um, Mexico and Germany fought a good fight. Got two. Both of them got two points each. Uh, oh my gosh! This is a <laughs> this is a beating. Yikes! This is a beating. This is a this is a beating. Well, the United United States of America scored four against Ghana. Hmm. Just so it's clear, they got zero. Iman, you're people them. All them damn eggs and fufu in the belly. Oh, and they're not your people them today. And they're not your people them today. Nice and manious people. Uh, I'm Nigerian, guys. <laughs> We're not even in the board. <laughs> um, and then, um, that was it. 
Did we do Tuesday? What day was it yesterday? Um, yeah, Tuesday. Oh, dear. Yeah, so. Oh, how so did I know the times if it's Wednesday? What do you mean? What day is today? Wednesday. Wednesday. So how do we know the scores for Wednesday already? Oh, no, some of these are earlier. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Played overnight. Okay. So, right, the Tuesday scores. Um, Hold Kazakhstan, that sounds like, um, scored 2-1 against Finland. Um, England got three. Italy got one in their match. Hungary and Lithuania scored two two points each or two goals each. Ukraine scored three against Malta, one. Slovenia, Slovenia scored one against Northern Ireland, zero. Denmark scored two against San Marino, one. And Serbia. I don't know if it was Serbia. Yeah. Serbia. Oh, there's an African museum in Serbia. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of San Marino. Uh, oh, I've heard I, the boys say. Is that someone's name as well? I've never like heard of I didn't know that was part of... I remember back in the day, the only reason why I think of San Marino is when um, I think England was meant to beat them to qualify for like one of the World Cups. Mm, did, did they? Where are they situated? In it was meant to be a, a six like a six goal gap. They yeah. needed to, right? And I what, think England, sorry? So San yeah. Marino had six. No. So basically, <laughs> in the group stage, yeah, in that particular group, to qualify, yeah. England needed to, to win by like six goals. Okay. San Marino is obviously a team full of like taxi drivers and other guys, <laughs> basically. Yeah. But England conceded, a, I think they conceded the first goal. Mm. Long story short, England won 6-1. But it wasn't enough to take them through. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. 6-1 though. Yeah, yeah, 6-1. Is that embarrassing? Yeah, it's just the, the kind of country that when, when they come back, they jump them. They do that to Nigerian players and it's so horrible. Like, they be waiting for them at the door. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, so Serbia scored three against Mon- Montenegro. Montenegro. Monte- mm-hmm. mm, I don't sound right. Montenegro. Why is there Negro in the name? Montenegro, what? Are there Negroes in Montenegro? Black Mountain, I think. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Are there black people there? Have you done that one? Black Ooh, that one, no, not yet. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, well, they lost anyway, so. Yeah. Serbia just. That's just that. I dated a black Serbian. No Serious. way. We will not get into that story. I'm intrigued. Where did you come across a black Serbian? Like, where did you meet him? Where did you. So, in Dominican Republic. Ah. Ah. Yeah, wow. he was like Dominican heritage, but raised in Serbia. So then every time he met white Serbians, they were shook. Mm. Why? Because they'd never met, met a black, a black, black Serbian. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's wow. so interesting. Wow, wow, yeah. wow. So, because country, I'm just like, doesn't, like, I wouldn't even go there. I think yeah. TV has definitely ruined it there. I just hear the name and I'm just like, nope. Serbia. Not yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just like, <laughs> why do I need to be there? Yeah, I have no like, business there at all. Realistically. That's so crazy. Were you enlightened then? Was I enlightened? Yeah. I mean... You was black though. <laughs> <laughs> you <was> a bit enlightened. <laughs> That's so interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, over to you, I man. I think it wasn't a good experience. Nah. Oh. <laughs> They'll still be together. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the last um, seven you're ever going to date? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it, people. <laughs> um, yeah, the only thing really is just to kind of elaborate on what happened yesterday, man, which is that England beat um, Italy 3-1. They conceded the first goal. That's good for them. But they came back, man. Um, Kane scored two goals, right, bro? Uh, yeah, yeah. I he scored so. a penalty and he scored um, <clears throat> one in that open play. Okay, and Jude Bellingham apparently was the real star of the game. You know, he won the penalty for the equaliser and then he produced, um, I guess, set up Rashford for the second. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, man, so that victory puts England on 16 points in Group C, mm-hmm. three, three points ahead of um, second place Ukraine. 
and that guarantees their advancement to the next um, to next summons tournament in Germany. Lovely. Yeah, man. In top spot. Where's the World Cup actually? How many years have we got to? Like, Did we just have one. Just have it, yeah, man. So Isn't it like going to be years a three years time? Next year we've got the Euros. Where is it taking place? The World Cup. I have no idea, man. Why did I feel like uh, France was in play? I don't know. No, France is Olympics, right? I don't know, you know. I'm not sure. Okay, well, I I look forward to it. They announced something last week, though. We spoke about it. United States. Oh, it's in the States. They announced something. Yeah, Canada, Mexico, and United States. Mm. Oh, it's for the World World Cup. Yeah. Oh, wow. Canada. Well, how they, how does that work? Then they just do it in one in one country. Sometimes, like they'll just go, especially if oh, they're really? all kind of connected. Close, they connected, did that. They yeah. did that. It was another place as well. Did they okay. do that in Qatar? I think they did. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, that'd be interesting. Well, that's enough of that. Let's get into our um, outro. Oops. Okay, people, as always, thank you for tuning in and thank you to our lovely, lovely guest for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, don't forget to follow Freedom Is Mine Official on Instagram and also get the book, The Afro Encyclopedia, available yes. on Amazon. Please put it up, please. So we can see <laughs> it. Pin to the, the top. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I've cool. <laughs> always wondered about books. Were you intentional about the, pick, the colour you picked? Uh, yeah, I think it just kind of went with the brand. But then okay. the idea was to get black people in their traditional clothing mm. from all different nations. Beautiful. That love Japan it. on the far right. Yeah. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Um, yes, and thank you guys for tuning into the show as well. We appreciate you. Big up our researchers as well. Also, big up everyone in the, the moderators. The moderators mm. are working. Chrissy's out here doing double shifts. <laughs> telling you. Double shifts. Big up Oye and big up all the moderators. Always mm-hmm. reminding people to like the video. So please like the video. Subscribe to the channel as well. Subscribing to the channel really, really helps us. So please do that. Um, follow us on our social media platforms as well. The Day After TNB on Instagram, Twitter and on TikTok. If you would like to send your dilemmas in and also the number to call when we're live on air, the number is 075-6484-1073. If you'd like to inquire about the show or feature on the show, our email address is thedayafter at thenewblack.com. Have a great Wednesday and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace. Peace. Bye.